Patriots Unfiltered is brought to you by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Great memories are made in Massachusetts, no matter how you choose to make them. Indoors or outdoors, scenic views or city vibes, solo or family style, whatever moves you, whatever the season, plan your perfect Massachusetts getaway at visitma.com. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Guess we need to talk about what transpired Thursday night. Yeah, it wasn't good. Half the starting lineup was just missing from practice. Yeah. Just like an optional day or something on their part? They just quit. So John Robinson got fired, huh? Is (laughs) Quinn still the GM there? Who's the GM in Titans? John Robinson was until about five minutes ago. Like, honestly. He was the GM? Like, honestly, like, sometimes I, like, are you having the flu now? Any repercussions on the cloak? (laughs) <laughs> that Bill was wearing. Any, any, for those of, for those of us, he has no time for you. We, you I see know. that? Come on, let's get to the over routes. Um, so he does it again, um, and that makes Patriots fans even more miserable. Does it? Well, you yearn for the days of of your. Then you have Max saying he wants to be coach harder. Which... Right? The hell is that? Coach mean? me harder. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Harder. Harder. So harder. That game plan. <laughs> what is what mess? Is wrong. I, what's wrong with it? I want to be coached harder. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Fuel. By Duncan. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It's Wednesday here at Gillette Stadium, and uh, what a lively show yesterday! I was just the, we were talking about it before, but just great job, Matt. I mean, yeah. it's captured so much it, of the spirit. It, of the it, thing. it was a good show. <laughs> you work in blue as usual. <laughs> you, know, you know, not <laughs> like me not to pat ourselves on the back, but I thought it was a really good, lively conversation about the current state of affairs yeah. with the Patriots, and I think we. Looked at it from all different angles, as objectively as Both we could. Both sides, too. Yeah, we don't yeah. just, like, you know, hammer away at everything, and we don't just tell you everything is great. Yeah. Right. Well, we just, of course, give the pass to Bill Belichick, of course, as the caller called in yesterday. And, so and, and that's I okay, because I, I feel like that sort of means that we're doing our job. Yeah. Like, if people are kind of, you know, attacking us for being too negative and sometimes attacking us for being too you know, uh, people line. People I, hear what they want to hear, I, but yeah. I think that means that we're probably offering some balance to the to yeah, the show. Yeah, and I, so. you know, it's not an easy thing to do when there's so many issues. Like, yeah. it'd be so. Like, I keep saying this about the offense. It'd be so easy if you just said, you know, the receivers are doing great, the running game is awesome, the pass protection is great, the quarterback just can't get him the ball. <laughs> just got to do something about the quarterback. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not easy, but you know what I mean. It's easy to identify. Yeah. Well, it's funny now, too, because every I feel like every day you get someone new chimes in with an article. So uh, I know Karen talked to Skarnekia. Uh, you, you've got uh, Charlie Weiss weighing in. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. Like Charlie Weiss is, it's the weapons. Skarnekia is, you know, say this. I mean, you know, everybody's got an opinion. Dan Orlovsky, you know, it's just uh, each new person kind of brings a new angle to it. And, and so it's there's just so much to digest and, and dissect. And at the end of the day, it's... Uh, it's tough to pinpoint one thing. It's a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, we were talking before the show, and, you know, I was thinking about our conversation afterwards, and I told you guys before the show, like, you know, what if, what if the plan all along for Bill was to bring in Bill O'Brien, and Nick Saban said, hey, can you just wait? He's got one more year left. Can you wait on that? And so Bill had to go back to the drawing board, and rather than bring in somebody else— thinking I'm going to have Bill next O'Brien next year, he, he elevates or he puts Patricia over there as sort of a placeholder. I trust the guy. You know, he's smart. 
it's not going to be a complete disaster. He'll he'll be a placeholder until next year when we get, um, you know, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Bill O'Brien will also be the quarterbacks coach. I'll make Judge. I'll bring Judge back over to special teams to be the coordinator and make that better. I and, like I like your theory. I like you know, your I like your uh, and and so now in twenty twenty three, all of a sudden your coaching staff becomes this kind of mess that people think it yeah. is right now to actually a strength. I guess my question <coughs> to that might be. Are they setting a foundation for the Bill O'Brien offense, or is Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick well, making up yeah, a new that's offense, the and now flaw, Bill, that's Bill the, O'Brien's going to come in? That's and, the flaw in my thinking. Like, can we borrow how, your, your yeah. playbook for so this year, if, Bill? So then, that's the flaw in my thinking. You know. So if, if Patricia is, in fact, a placeholder, and you're going to bring in O'Brien in 2023, why then change the offense? Well, yeah. you could just have Bill O'Brien come in with Mac Jones and just say, we're going Alabama. Yeah. You know, well, Mac Jones Mac evidently taught offense? Bill O'Brien the, the offense. <laughs> Bill O'Brien no longer needs any teaching well, after two well, years and running it. And here so, we go. So yeah. this, so the conversation in my head continued oh. along these lines, and then I'm thinking, okay, could the changes that they were trying to make in the spring be a foundation for more Alabama RPO? And so the question I would have for you, Deuce or Evan, when he gets yeah. here is, you know, do you need to incorporate zone stretch kind of running? If you're going to run RPO, yeah. because you got to get people on the move, you know, and so um, like, if, you know, did they want to kind of establish that type of yeah. offensive line movement in anticipation of more RPO? I mean, we can consult our, our uh, resident. Expert. Yeah, you and I are um, not qualified. But to I, I would say questions. I don't I don't think so. I mean, okay. I think that I they can I, exist, you know, independently of those is not necessarily tied to those um, to those things. That, but one other point that you're flirting with here, and I think it's a bigger point that we haven't really talked about much is just, you know, Bill Belichick's seven years old and. You know, I think we all agree he's not in the position to be burning seasons at this point. Um, and I don't ever expect him to completely flip his, you know, general philosophy of the last 20 years and, and go all in and just totally take a blowtorch to the whole organization after he leaves, but cash in and just try to get that, you know, another Super Bowl because he's got to answer Brady or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I just don't know what, what the balance is because on one hand, I don't, I don't want him to blow the franchise up, but I also think, like, the clock is ticking, buddy. Like, you know, you don't have a, a year to just like, well, we'll just kind of mess around this year and, and see what happens. And then next year we'll get, um, you know, the guys that we actually want to run the offense. So, you know, that's just what I wonder with him at this point in his career. What does he want to be doing? Does he want to, you know, just stick to his guns absolutely and do everything that we talked about yesterday in terms of team building and all that? You know, or does, you know, or is there some element of, hey, I, I gotta. I'm, I don't have much time left. Like, I, if I want to win games and have fun with this, and you know, be part of a winning organization again, I, I got to make some moves that maybe might have been outside of you know what we might have come to expect over the last twenty years. And I'm not saying like. Yeah. Oh, so the the premise there is that breaking that record is dictating decisions, and I know I I, I know a lot of people will disagree with this, but I honestly don't think that Bill. Like, I think he cares about the record. I'm not saying he doesn't care about the record. Like, if it happens, he'll be really – it'll be really cool and and all that stuff. But I, I do believe him when I think – when he says, you know, there's a balance between what is good this year and also planning for the future. I don't think that's changed. Yeah. You know, I don't think that now it's all in for every season because i got to break that record. 
Yeah. I, I don't see that. I know there's gray area between it, and I mean you got to win games. Like you know, that's the bottom line. You got to win games. You want to break that record? Win games. You want to win? You know, get yeah. in the playoffs and be relevant? Win games. It's one it's of those things. I have a hard time understanding, and I don't hear a lot. I think of Robert people. Kraft might be more pressure to win now than the record. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't have a. I don't hear a lot of people criticize sort of the pursuit of the record because the pursuit of the record is what Mike just said. In order to do it, you have to win you, games, you and that's what win. everybody ultimately wants. Right. So it's not like you. You say, well, he's being selfish. He wants the record. Yeah, I think there's probably part of him that says, yeah, I, I do want that record. It does mean a lot I to I want to win. <laughs> but I want to win games. Right. So I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it could be considered a selfish pursuit, but ultimately it's doing what you want as a fan, as, yeah. a, as a co, as an owner, as a player. You want to win games. Right. You don't want to go, you know, a tear down uh, rebuild if you're if you're part of the the organization of any organization. Like I'm just going to half-ass my way through the next yeah. six years <coughs> of five win games. Yeah. Now, you know, we like could what? have, and it's not important for this discussion. <laughs> we could have uh, you know a week's worth of shows on whether or not you go all in, and that's not the right thing for a team. Like yeah. I, I, that's not what this is about. Yeah. Um, I think it's you know a lot of teams have gone all in and had success with it. It doesn't mean you have to stink and, and be yeah. a, a dumpster fire there, you know thereafter. And and <clears throat> there's so many layers to this, and one of them is his kids. You know, like okay, so my two sons are coaches on my team. I'm you know I'm not going to be around forever. You know I I can see the end. I'm on the 18th hole here, but my kids aren't. They hopefully have a long future in the NFL. Yeah. I would love to set them up as part of a winning organization, having been part of, you know, a Super Bowl or at least a, you know, a perennial playoff team because nothing helps a coach get another job than being part of a winning program, yeah, right. you know? That's a great so new layer mean, to I, it. I'm yeah. like, he's a human being and a father. How can you not think of your kid's future? Yeah. And nothing's better for his kid's future than to be part of a winning team in yeah. the NFL, you yeah. know? That's a great – that's a great – other layer to to the whole thing of I mean I guess it just boils down to winning solves everything you know right every all these problems you win games it, it, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be keep, continue to be as right you know tough as it's been you know so then we get back to the whole Patricia thing which everybody that's the narrative this week you know it seemed apparent to everybody except me because I said you know if you're a head if you if you rose to the level of a head coach in this league it says something you know and i i thought it would be okay with judge and patricia i'd love to make fun of you but yeah i, I can't no but so far i've been wrong you know i can admit it <laughs> so, but, but so far but, <laughs> but five, five games no <laughs> like like if he's stuck with him maybe patricia would improve and maybe next year he'd yeah. be better i don't know but let's just say that i am wrong and it, it hasn't worked out and it's not going to work out it seems like everybody except me saw this coming they saw this train coming down the track except for bill right and there's no way that everybody is smarter about football than Bill. So he knew he had to have known it was a risk. And if it was just like I said at the beginning, just a placeholder for Patricia, to me it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. yeah. So this is where I was, you know, I, I we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. We never really delved deeply into it. Um, but I, I do feel like where Bill maybe uh, misread it is I, I feel like Bill – felt when he set it up this way that your theory like Matt Patricia is a good football coach he can figure this out now I think there were some intricacies that he sort of overlooked to the art of play calling without the experience of having ever done it and things like that but that's less important to me I think what he overlooked was we were all as you said we were all like this isn't gonna work right 
It was it was March, it was April, it was right. May, it was June, and that was the topic of conversation everywhere. It was. My station, <laughs> EEI, you know, here. That's all we all talked about. But what Bill, I think, overlooked is he doesn't care what we're talking about. But I think Bill overlooked the fact that that's what his players were talking that's about. That's a great mm-hmm. point. And, and I don't think that they bought in. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they bought in from the start. It started with Mac, and this is where I, you know, people, you know, sort of – Give me a little blowback because I haven't been a huge Mac supporter, and I haven't been from the start. I, I feel like he's out. I don't think he's a stiff. I've said that a million times. I don't. I. I think there are guys that that are worse than him. I, I think he's he's average, but where I give him a lot of uh, the blame for this, that I don't really see any blame being assigned to him, really, uh, is I, I. I think that as the leader of the offense, if you don't embrace it. The other guys aren't going to follow. Right. And so when people say, so are, are, are people lying or were people exaggerating when they say that they'd they love? No, the opposite. I think the Jacoby Myers and the Kendrick Bowens of the world and the Hunter Henrys of the world, they do like Mac. Yeah. And they do feel like it started back in the spring that they saddled him with defensive coaches and they didn't support him. And it just got worse as things unfolded during the season, culminating on the Monday night game when he get, you know, like they're calling for Zappy and they're booing him that's, that's before a, he even played. That's mm-hmm. a good point. These yeah. guys are grown men in the locker room who have achieved a lot in their career, in their college careers. And even if they're young and if you don't, if they sense that you don't know what you're talking about, Mm-mm. Oh yeah, Mm-mm. it's your biggest. They, they, they tune you out. They tune you out. Yeah. Yep. And I go back to the Jason McCourty comment. I know I say this story a lot. <laughs> Forgive me for repeating myself, but that Jason McCourty comment on NFL Network, you know, with his new role on that um, Good Morning Football show, and I think it was around July or so. I, I don't have the 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 time frame exact, but he said that if this was in, in my locker if, if this was me if I, if I was in that locker room I'd be wondering what we're doing you know I'm paraphrasing his twin is literally in the locker room and his twin brother <laughs> is in the locker room I said to you guys at that time right, that's yeah. that's might as well be Devin saying it this yeah. is there's uncertainty going on we heard things about Mac at some of the charity things that he appeared at in the summer that you know he let it be known that he was a little confused as to what the direction of the offense was going to be you know, with what they were doing, I, I, I'm not telling you they're wrong. Like, I don't think Mac Jones was wrong to take a step back. You, you know, heading into his second season and say, "What are we doing? Putting a defensive coordinator in charge." But it's one thing to question; it's another thing to completely ignore. And I, and I feel like they just never gave it a chance. Yeah, they never gave it a chance. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting stuff. Now, one of your guys, Deuce, was on the radio this morning. I have a guy, uh, Mark Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was talking about he this very guy. subject, and he you know he was saying that you know ever since he's covered the team, he's never seen as many guys both on and off the record be complaining about. I, know, I, yeah. I think this, that's a, a great thing. point that Mark makes because yeah. but I, 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 I can never remember it. <laughs> but yeah. the, the, then you know he 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 you know talked about what they're saying and all the stuff that he talked about was stuff that we knew, stuff that has been on the record. He didn't talk about stuff off the record yet. And I, I really hope that, like, when this stuff does come out, like, people like Mark Daniels, you know, a, as I knew. Like, right, if you know right, it, right, like, right. you don't you have gotta, to say who said it. Yeah. 
But like, yeah, those back, are tricky. You know, yeah. It tricky. is tricky. Tricky capital J journalism also, stuff. You I mean, need to kind of yep navigate the waters. Yeah, it's also a weird element this year. with being back in the locker room. You didn't really get this stuff the last couple of years. You didn't get well. The he mentioned the that. Yeah, you know, we didn't. Stuff, we didn't know? have the locker room. Not for to say two that years. they would have been right. unhappy there. Right. Um, one thing I was thinking though of of while you're talking, and I know Bill this week too late make wholesale changes, um, but we've been kind of seeing the same thing for multiple months, right? Like, do you think that Max injury kind of bought them more time to stick with what wasn't working instead of, you know, had Mac been healthy through the whole, all of September into October and it continued to well, look here's, as Well, here's it what has. I'll push back there. I think the opposite. Yeah. Go ahead, Freddie. When he got hurt, they didn't do – they didn't keep doing it. Right. They changed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and then when he came back, so this is great. I have yeah. some stuff. I have some. Oh, I, 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 stuff. I brought. I brought Stats. some. I brought some prepared. prep work. You got highlights and everything. I brought some prep work. So <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really interesting yesterday, and we we touched on it. We didn't really, again, didn't get into it too deep. Was the Phil Perry exchange with Bill Belichick toward the end of the press conference? It was, uh, you know, Phil asked him uh, about the comments that he made on Monday on Weei when he was asked point blank, you know can changes be made to the offense, you know, more or less. And he said at this, at this point, you know, he used phrases like at this point, it's too late, like, you know, things like that. And, and the, the basis of, of it was <coughs> that he, he, uh, well, Von Miller out for the year uh, after undergoing ACL surgery. That was weird. So he went from missing one game <laughs> to the rest of the season. Um, he, he talked about it basically being uh you know, 13 games into the 13 weeks into the season, you can't just sort of, right. you know, and, and he was asked, and Phil asked him some follow-ups yesterday. And I thought there was one, uh, one, one uh, toward the end where he talked very specifically about, um, I'm trying to find the, the exact one. Okay. They went back and forth a little bit and, and Phil got to the point where he was like, okay, so what, what is this? He asked, you know, in 2018, they sort of changed the offense toward the end of the year, accentuating the things that they did yeah, best, into their leaning into the strengths, right? And he said, well, we do that all the time. Bill said, you know, okay, so how would you consider this? Like, what would you have to do? And he, and he talked about, you know, B- Bill says, so whether that's going conservative, not conservative, the same, different, whatever it is, that's what the intent of it all is. That's what it always is. So that's not going to change. What they'll be, I don't know changes what they'll be is the changes but it's a combination of what they do what we do what we think we can do well any idea that can uh, any idea can be a bad idea if you can't execute it so if you can execute it then it's potentially a good idea if you can't do it then it's not going to work if your team physically can't do whatever it is you're trying to do for whatever reason then it's probably not a good idea find something that you think you can do and that's a good way to attack your opponent then probably it's going to be worth talking about. I thought this was really interesting, <clears throat> and it was toward the end of several different questions. It was like four. It was a four question back and forth with Phil, and it was not confrontational at all. By the way, it was very good conversation between Phil and Bill at the end of the press conference yesterday. Um, what I, what I think he's telling you there is, you guys can you know, and, and this is as much directed at Mac Jones from. Uh, last Thursday night is anything else you guys can like call for a more aggressive approach we can go downfield we can do this we can do that if you can't execute it right it doesn't make a lot of sense okay 
Here's Mac Jones's. Uh, w- w- um, forgive me, I don't have the acronym down, and oh, oh, Evan's not here. Oh. What's A D O T? Uh, average depth of target. Okay. <laughs> I I mean I knew what yeah, it was based yeah. on on the content, uh, yeah. you know, on the context of the numbers, but I just want to make sure I'm not giving you the wrong yeah. terms. So. Mac Jones's average depth of target before the ankle injury was third in the NFL at 10.4 yards per attempt. Since the ankle injury, it's 29th in the NFL at 6.0. Jones has improved from 5 to 1 touchdown uh, to interception ratio in the last four games in a 97 passer rating. Both are improvements over the 2 to 5 touchdown interception ratio with 76.2 rating that he had in the first three weeks. So... All of this mismatch is telling me that they don't think they can run the offense that they tried to start the season with. Mm. Or that Mac wants to run. And that's why they're gone conservative. Yeah. Because now at the same time, I'll give you – Yeah, and I've got an answer to this, in my opinion. Yeah, and tie it to what Mac said on the sideline. Well, no, my my thing is – Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to get the next part of it. And we talked about this early in the season. You've got to let this guy make mistakes. Hmm. You know, like they're so afraid of him making mistakes. And he played in a box last year. It worked. He didn't make a ton of mistakes for a rookie. And they had a 10-7 and record, got to the playoffs. But at some point, a quarterback in this league has to know his limits, has to be allowed to, like, make mistakes. And they're just so afraid to let that happen. So you think they put the governor back on? I think they put the governor back on. They absolutely put the governor back on. I think they put the governor back on. I am 100% with Fred. And, no, okay, so here's – now, after all those numbers, and you can see the improvement on paper. Yeah, but so what? No interceptions. But but this is what he's telling – but this is what the numbers are. But if you break up New England season to this point into halves – this is Phil Perry writing now, not Bill's uh, quotes – including two stops from from Zappi. The team's number of offensive touchdowns, yards per game, third down conversion percentage, and red zone success rate are all down yeah. in their last six games. Yeah. So you are protecting the football. Yes. Great. Great. You're not scoring points. You're not points. moving the ball, and you're not scoring points, which are the two things yeah. that Bill Belichick requires out of his offense. Yeah. Okay. So here's where I kind of get a little bit like I just I have like palms raised on what it's going to take. So at the end, Phil kind of surmises, Belichick using the phrase, quote, physically can't do, might be the difference to, to what this team has been dealing with on the, uh, might be a reference to what this team has been dealing with on the offensive line. Uh, having yeah. more aggressive attack usually requires downfield, you know, takes a little sustained bit, generally blocks. speaking, a little bit more sustained, uh, sustained blocks. So he writes, perhaps personnel issues like issues on the offensive line are leading to the team's offensive failures. Perhaps it's coaching. In all likelihood, it's both. That may not lead to much in the way of hope for the Patriots' offense moving forward, but it, it, and Belichick has said changes aren't imminent in order to achieve that satisfactory level. But what doesn't he add in there as a possible reason? Hmm. Mac Jones. Yeah. In his ability to protect the ball while being more aggressive. Yeah. Like, that's not part of this. Yeah. And I, I just think that, they, he, that he continues to skate because of the coaching situation. I think it's, uh, it's really interesting, Paul, because it's a, such a conversation we've talked about philosophically of them needing to push the ball down the field more. Um, and that's what we kind of took away from early in camp was just like, God, this is all they're doing, just chucking it down the field. And then, you know, during the, the middle part of the season where everybody was getting frustrated or starting to get frustrated here, 
Everyone's like, can we just go back to what Mac did well? You know, and then and, and which led to the well, calls Zappy, of like Zappy came in, and Zappy. Fred is absolutely right. The governor went on. They had success, and it, can't they just do that? Yeah, and now we've done that, but and you it's don't not, have success. You're not turning the ball over, but you're not. And I mean, and I love the stats that you brought up about because that's what it's about. It's about third down. It's about red zone. It's about points. I mean, those. And and Bill looks at it and says. If I can get a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over in four games, I'll have a chance to win those games. Now, I would counter with saying, yes, if Sam Ellinger is the other team's yeah. quarterback, you'll have a chance to win that game. Right. If Zach Wilson's the other team's quarterback, you'll have a chance. I don't think they had any chance of beating the Buffalo Bills the other night playing offense the way yeah. they played. And you, know, you, and you go back to the first game of the season against the Dolphins. And, you know, that <clears throat> that initial drive where they go right down the field and Mac throws the interception in the end zone to par- intended to Parker. Oh, you know, r- I, I'm perfectly fine blaming that on Mac. You know, he didn't put it high enough, whatever. Try it again. Yeah. But it's like, up. Oh, we can't do that again. We can't throw it into the end zone. Well, they tried yeah. it again the next week and were rewarded with it when Aguilar made a great catch. Well, now yeah, I don't want to live off of that. Yeah, yeah. But there's but, a balance that you yes. gotta find, and that's why. Right. And like that's, I don't see, and that's you get to right. Mac, right. Max frustration on the sideline of this short stuff isn't working. Like, and that's what I think that they probably need to try to figure out here in these next few games yeah. is how do we get establish a confidence level with Mac with the short stuff with his you know with the governor on but by still being able to use play action and shots down the field and and have more aggression than but, they've had But but I think in this league a quarterback needs to create his own governor. Mm-hmm. He needs to figure out his own yeah. when to throttle up throttle down because he has to understand I what he can and can't do and mm-hmm. if you don't let him do it experience it he's never going to learn. Yeah, yeah I, I agree I, with I, you I on just, that. I just think it's 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 a painful process in this league to be a quarterback from from a rookie, but you have to go through that. You have to go through it. Yeah, it makes me wonder what Mac would say, truthfully. You know, what did you learn from those early games where you were turning the ball over a ton, you're making bad decisions? I mean, and that's like it's not even just like the interception itself. It was a lot of those were just the decision of like you can't throw that ball, you know? Right. So it, has he taken stuff from that? And and you know, I mean, this conversation is kind of like making me perk up a little bit of like all right well could they could they maybe find a middle ground like i mean you know I, it's, it's well, probably I asking a lot at this point that's going to be the the key for next year is to figure out where they can settle into because bombs away is not they're not suited for that but you can't win doing it the way they did thursday night either so they're gonna have to figure i i agree with fred that's a big part of a quarterback's development is figuring out when and how those kinds of chances can be made uh, i you know you and i disagreed a little bit freddie on the post game show i i felt one of the when, when mac i think and i might be having my time off on, on this again i thought matt's frustration came on that possession in the fourth quarter when it was third and 14 something like that i don't know specifically and they play, threw a little the right area they threw a it. pass that traveled two yards to jacoby myers um and he got like five set up like a fourth and seven or something like that mm-hmm. i i Again, I don't have the exact totals. I think you're in the zip code now. But they were on the Bills' side of the field, fourth and seven-ish, and they punted. And I think Bill wanted – I mean, I think Mac wanted to go for it. I think that's when he went to the sideline and, you know – In other words, if we're not going to go for it on third and 14, if it's not two downs, then we can't run a, a shallow cross. Right. You have to go for the stick. You know, I think yeah. that that was part of his problem with that. What? Uh, just the talk of the same stuff on uh, yeah, on, on the, the hub right now. Listening. You know, <laughs> no, but yeah. like like Fred said, that like the whole the whole thing this week has been all about the offense and the coaching and Patricia and all of that. So like, 
yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to play the hits. This is what we're talking about. But I think that's what Mac was upset about. And, Fred, you and I disagreed. I thought Bill kind of coached that game the other night to keep it, you know, reasonably close and didn't coach it to win. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think he felt like, well, if I go for it here, I'm going to give the ball at midfield. It's going to be 31. Yeah. You know, it's going to be 31 to 7. And, you know, if uh, if I throw the ball down the field and I turn the ball over, it's it's it. we're going to get embarrassed on national te- – like – I would argue, like, what's the difference between losing twenty-four to seven or twenty-four to ten? Ultimately, which I thought kicking the field goal was yeah. ridiculous too, but twenty-four to ten and you know thirty-four to ten. Well, who cares? I mean, I I know we kind of laugh at like when people say this, but any credence to the idea answer, that they're, they're going to play them again and that game might be more meaningful than this game, possibly. You know, possibly. And I mean, so you. You do certain things. I don't know. I know. And I, I almost asked Bill about that once. I was just and, – and I talked myself out of it because I felt like I wouldn't get anything interesting of, of do you ever hold back or do you ever play a game with an eye toward – I mean, I'm sure he would have been like, no, we just play yeah, the game. We put right. everything into this right. one game and that's right. it. You know, but but I do wonder with all the advanced scouting and everything that they do if, if there is some element of, you know, just thinking ahead and or, you know, at least running plays that you're going to counter off of in the next game. Not yeah. like, oh, we're going to – Right. Do anything crazy to surprise them, and oh, we're not going to play our best player in this and game. And what did Evan know? say yesterday? I thought I thought he made a comment about the they their offensive game plan seemed predicated on breaking tackles because the yeah. Bills the Bills defense had missed uh, a fair share of tackles when they're uh, this year. <laughs> and and he and he was like, and Evan countered by saying, you know, yeah, when they were missing, you know, at at times eight of their tw- uh, eleven starters on defense. Yeah. You know, they played some games really with a very low amount of starters on defense, <laughs> and they had most of those guys back. Yeah, the other day, that would be that would be disheartening. I mean, it just sounds like a you know a blogger coming up with the game plan for the team of like, well, it says here that they've missed a lot of time. Ta- We're gonna go out and try to make Let's them go miss short. tackles. Let's go well, no. short <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing if they're not good at tackling, then. Put him yeah. in a position to have to make one-on-one tackles. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And what would so, the plan have been if Von Miller was in there? Like, I mean, that, then well, then you're even more yeah. hampered of like how being right. able to throw the ball down the field and sustain blocks, all that stuff. It's. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of this does tie into the offensive line. As everything, there are multiple issues going on. But yeah. you know, so much of the offense of doing what you want to do. I mean, just listening to little plug Paul's great new pass from the past with Logan Mankins. It was outstanding. Um, you know, he just comes with a quote of. You know, talking about the Super Bowl Forty Two, yeah. You know, the offensive line has, we didn't play that well, and very often when the offensive line doesn't play well, you're not going to win. You know what I <laughs> really liked that about simple. that line? He said we didn't play well, and then he immediately stopped and he said, "I didn't play well." Right. That's right. Uh, I don't want to hijack. When it's it, bad. I did it. Oh, so, uh, was 2011 the year he played on the on the torn ACL? Was that the, was that the year? I think it might was. be. I, I think don't it remember. Was. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. But. I, I, they kicked him out to tackle when they had to, and he played just as well at tackle. Yeah, you it, know? it was a. We great, talked about that too. Yeah, little little side. I mean, it's I pump Paul's and Matt's tires a little bit, but it was one of my favorite episodes. He's just such a likable guy, soft spoken. We all know how he was on the field, and um, you know, you never heard much from Logan Mankins while he was here. He just kind of showed up and played his ass off, and he was, was the just, offensive version of Gilmore. Yeah, right? he said a lot. But he said it really quietly, and people didn't realize he was saying so much. My favorite moment with Mankins on the field is in Denver. 
We're getting, we're getting beat, and he's having a hard time, and he's on his knees in front of the defensive lineman, plays over. This is after the whistle, and he's on two knees, and he just rears back and punches the guy in the nuts. I, I mean, just I didn't punches have, the guy I in the nuts. I didn't ask him about that. I, you know, I do remember it, though. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was like he didn't care. He just, oh, re- yeah. he just reared back and punched the guy in the nuts. Be ready. This is a great stories. Paul mentioned be ready with him and Matt Light, getting ready to, to take on Channing Crowder or, you know, just – I mean, it's just you, you, you love those guys. I mean, they were just such a uh, the what was it the bearded band of brothers like that they were yeah. every year and um, it's a know, great group. It was, it was. Yeah, good app. Uh, Check it out. I just wrote up a thing on it too. Yeah, pass from the past. Yeah. Um, we'll do a clip. I was talking to Maddie about it tomorrow. So yeah, you know. I mean, we talked about it on our staff meeting yesterday. Those are going to have increased importance as we get further away from the dynasty. Yeah, you know, to kind of capture. All the thoughts of those players that were involved in that, you know. I just, as a f- the, the fan in me, and I, I mean, I've said this before, but what I always just love about those kind of things is, you know, you watch the game as a fan. It unfolds, and, you know, they win or lose, and you're elated or you're, or you're really upset. But you never really, you know, feel a connection to the team as far as that. You know, they come, well, we got to go back to the drawing board. You know, but to hear the players, like to hear Logan Mangus talk about the 06 AFC Championship and be like, I don't know how we lost that game. You know, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting and You know what else he said? We'd have won that one. <laughs> yeah, he did. I couldn't believe it. He's like, I mean, we obviously would have won that Super Bowl against Chicago. And um, it's the only one I could not do back, Frank, because right. there's no way they were losing to Chicago. But it was, uh, it's just cool when you hear those guys and, and you hear they were you know, experiencing the same emotions that you were. Oh, we were making travel plans at halftime in yep. Indy. I mean, oh, when Asante ran that interception oh, yeah. back oh, in yeah. and was like, were and you born just, yet, Evan? <laughs> and then it just collapsed. I remember uh, uh, there, was a couple, there were a couple of guys there, um, you know, that, you know, one one in particular I used to work with, uh, Harold, this guy named Jerry Spar, who had kind of like what Greg Bernard does now, like his own website. And yeah. he was like making arrangements and he had a book something. And then like at, this was all at halftime because the, you knew the prices. Right. You yeah. knew the prices were going to skyrocket. And, and he was like, I just wasted so much money. <laughs> he was like so mad after that he lost. Uh, Evan's here. And oh, he's not, he didn't go to practice. I didn't go to oh. practice. <laughs> <laughs> There Evan, was no practice. Return my ba- my virtual bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, virtual I, I, press I him up there. in the same building as me. Uh, he, he's <laughs> back from Bill. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what Bill Belichick had to say today. How are we doing? It was an interesting press conference because it was 90% normal press conference. And then Andrew oh. Callahan from the Herald came in and tried to hold his feet to the fire a little bit about the offensive coaching staff and the play calling and things like that. So it was, it was mostly normal, right? Like, you know, normal press conference asking about different players, asking about guys that are on IR. He did mention that Christian Barmore still undecided whether or not he's going to come out West yeah, with the team or not. Yeah. Uh, he, cause he will be eligible to play in the Raiders game uh, technically. So, if he travels or doesn't travel is going to dictate whether or not he's going to be out there for practice most likely. So still undecided on that. Uh, The question about the play calling was essentially, you you said yesterday you feel good about the system. Really? What about it? Do you feel good about, you know, what is it that you feel good about exactly? And he, Belichick, course corrected a little bit i think from the response that he gave yesterday and said look you know we can do everything better i'm not saying that we can't be better in that aspect of offense but he continues to harp on consistency and execution let's just do what we're doing better versus trying to reinvent the wheel in week 13 and and change it up on the fly yeah yeah 
I mean, there is something to be said about, like, you know, let's see if we can do this right first because we're making mistakes. So let's see what happens if we, you know, minimize the mistakes before we start making wholesale changes. I, I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I get his point about, look, they're not going to go to the veer offense. But I think I don't know if Evan said this on the air yesterday, the <laughs> but he's like play callers get changed all the time in the NFL. Like, it's not like a thing. Like, you don't have to change the whole offense. You could yeah. just, you know, make a, make a simple change like that. Um, but how, how many times, though, when you see those things happen, is it just scapegoating? Yeah. You know? I mean, no, I'm like, not telling like, you it's the right move every yeah. time. I remember but, but, Frank. But uh, it, the, I think the point Mike is trying to make is it happens all the time. Oh, yeah, sure yeah. it does. But, like, Frank Reich with that, with, like, their offensive coordinator yeah. got, like, yeah. fired, like, a week before, and then he got fired, too. Yeah. Like, well, like, coaches, you know, Take play calling duties. They, they give, give it, it away. It, you know, it's like it happens all the time. Yeah, that's just like the I, line said, I said yesterday, the, the Green Bay special teams coach, they were terrible on special teams. He got fired. Didn't they, Charlie, brought in, they brought in a new guy. Didn't Charlie Weiss lose play calling duties at one point? Or didn't something happen Ooh. with him? <clears throat> Notre Dame. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does happen a lot. But I also <clears> just <throat> think that what difference does it really make? Like, I just I think that, like, the way that they do it, like, if you had another play caller in there right now, he's just going to be calling the same plays that Matt Patricia was basically calling, well, too. Like, I don't know how much wiggle room this play caller really has to, like, I, I just, I picture them all in a room doing it together, and regardless of who's the guy in the era Mac. They need a new setup. I like, mean, they need, like, this is the stuff that Evan's been harping on all season. Like, they don't really have a good plan all the time. They don't have great design all the time. Go, just where do you go from there? I they don't, don't have a like, good, to me, it's they don't have a good foundation. Like, what do they do well? And what is their identity as an offense where they can fall back on it and say, this is what we're going to do to get down the field? It, uh, to me, I think it. W- there's a couple things. One, uh, the Broncos just changed their play caller. Nathaniel Hackett handed it over to uh, Clint Kubiak, their pass game coordinator, last week. Obviously, it didn't work out very well for their offense last week, but it just happened in Denver. So it's not like this is like completely foreign to happen in the NFL. I think the other thing is once we get down the stretch here a little bit and let's say they are out of the playoffs, it would be nice to know if Nick Cayley can do it, right? Because – you have to go into next season. It's kind of like in 2020 when they insisted on playing Cam Newton down the stretch and we never figured out what they had in Jared Stidham because they wanted to stick with Cam. Well, if you stick with Matt Patricia in the final two weeks of the year when you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and you're not really learning about the other coaches on the staff. And the third thing I would say is just they last week they came out with a game plan of this quick game, get the ball out of Max's hands, get it to the skill players, try to create yards after the catch. And then next week they'll come out with a completely different plan. And when they had Brady, when they had Josh McDaniels, when they had a, a good solid foundation, I, I think you could do that where you can change week to week and be a game plan offense and do what's best against a particular defense. Now I just want to see them execute ten plays well. Like can you what can you execute well and can you execute a group of plays consistently <laughs> week in and week out? I, I think we get lost sometimes in this game plan offense, game plan defense minutia where they're trying to reinvent the wheel during yeah. the week a little bit and it's like, but what that's not what you do well or what do you yeah. do that's well? A good point. I've been I mean, I've been thinking about it, too, and it made me wonder if, you know, even with the with Josh, there was always like a basis. And I right. wonder if at this point they were just like, well, we don't we're just game plan. We're doing it. We're changing up every. Why do we even need the basis? You know, like that. It feels like they threw that out. They threw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, with, with some. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's 
And I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that when even if you have a good plan, like let's say Minnesota, like they came out, they ran pretty good offense that night. But then when it's time to adjust and time to like get into it, mm. like you have guys like you say, like, you know, Josh always had like a baseline. Well, they, they, they had those hours and years and, you know, hundreds of games to fall back on. Oh, yeah, you know what might work here? They, they're going to do this. They adjusted to this. We're going to do what we did back in, uh, right. you know, the last time we played Minnesota and like that, that you know, whatever game. Yeah. And I don't know if they have that catalog to fall back on I, their defensive yeah. guys. And, and it, know, goes it's, back, it's, it goes back, I think, never a little done it. to what Fred said. And, and I'm not saying that, that you know, but I, there needs to be some kind of a little bit of leeway with a new play caller. And I'm not saying this to be like, Matt Patricia, you, we need to give him time. Like, and, you know, before the show, I was talking about if they had just promoted Nick Cayley and it looked the same as it does right now, you know, would everybody be killing Cayley like they killed Patricia? Um, but, you know, I just, that that's where I live of like, all right, how much leeway do you give any new offensive coordinator or play caller at the beginning? What was it like for Josh in 2005? You know, what was, how does he go from becoming, you know, the guy in 2005 after Charlie left to designing the 2007 offense and, and, you know, putting Randy Moss and Wes Welker in, in such position to have dominant seasons. You know, I, I'd love to think that Nick Cayley could develop into that guy. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody talks about Nick Cayley like he's the great white knight um, to save us. And I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Nick Booby. Cayley. Like, <laughs> At least he's coached an offense before. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, well, that's, that's, I, mean I would I say, what did, what did Josh McDaniel? I mean, sure. that was like Josh McDaniel's eighth year in the offense. What was 2007. Well, right, like but he, I mean, he had but been five here was his what fourth? I mean, he got here yeah. in, what two thousand? No, so. but I I would say that certainly when he came in, he was aided greatly by Tom Brady's presence. I oh, don't yeah. think anybody would argue against mm-hmm. that. And these guys don't have that luxury. I just think some of their their concepts against Minnesota <coughs> that they were running from the shotgun that were working, th- those I think are things that we've seen for two years now work. And and not to excuse the play calling, but their offensive line. It's not going to, it wasn't holding up last week to run those plays. And that's really been a, a big thing, I think, uh, that, you know, you want to get into what's actually going on on the field and the personnel and, and not so much about the play callers uh, that's happening is that it, they have just been, you know, Belichick said it yesterday the availability has been inconsistent on the offensive line. David Andrews coming in and out of the lineup, Trent Brown coming in and out of the facility because he's got this illness. You know, right tackle, they're on their fourth right tackle now with Connor McDermott. Uh, Cole Strange has been on the rookie seesaw, right, where he's up and down with his play. Really, the only guy that's been in the same spot that's been solid is Mike Onwenu, and I think that's why they don't want to move him around is because he's like the one thing that they have, right? So uh, in some respects, you have to look at it and and look at the play-to-play execution a little bit too and say, well, okay, against Minnesota when they didn't have the pass rush that a Buffalo has or that a, a Jets team has or a Colts team has, they're able to block some of these downfield passing concepts and then they get into the Buffalo game and every time they try to drop back pass, it's a disaster up front. So uh, there's a lot going on uh, with the offensive line too. But I, I just – I think that the – the foundational elements of this offense is where they lack it. Uh, you mentioned McDaniel's foundation. McDaniel's foundation was was power eye. Like his foundation was under center, full back in the backfield. Uh, you know, we're going to be a power run team. We're going to play action off the power run. Like that was always what they could fall back on uh, on first and second down, which is really when your foundational elements come out. Third down is sort of the game plan stuff. That's sort of your passing game stuff. Uh, first and second down is what you are identity wise as an offense and. 
they just don't have that identity anymore. All right, I want to I want to I want to dig a little deeper on this Nick Haley thing because I just looked it up, and I guess what's not sitting with me is that Matt, how long has Matt Patricia been in New England? How long has he coached in the NFL? Twenty plus years. He's been a head coach. All right, Nick Haley's he's coached seven years at tight ends here. He was ten year coach in college on the defensive side of the ball. So you know, I'm, I'm just putting I'm not telling up. you Nick Haley is the next no, Josh no, McDaniels. I know, I know, I'm but just I'm saying, saying he's coached offense. Saying, I know, but are we saying seven years coaching at the tight end group is is paramount is is greater than a twenty year yes. NFL I, I would. guy? I personally who's also would. also coached on the head. You'd give the seven year tight end coach. I would say anybody that's coached offense would have an edge over a guy who's only coached defense for the most part. But he's been. But I mean, he was an assistant offensive line coach for a year. Right, but a head coach too. That's I mean, yeah, that's, that, that that's does nothing for me. Nothing. No? Would you would you want to hire Bill as your offensive coordinator tomorrow? He's been a head coach and the most successful one that's ever done it. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would. I'd probably take. I mean, this that. to me, this I is Bill this being the offensive coordinator to a degree. Uh, like this is the <laughs> offense that he puts out there, right? Yeah. Like I thank this, you. The sample is not very good. If that's like where you want to go with the conversation, I mean, he's the greatest head coach in the history. I wouldn't want to yeah. hire him tomorrow. He would not be higher on my list of offensive coordinator candidates tomorrow. Yeah, I, and he's the best head coach who's ever done it. I'd hire him and to do anything. Yeah, I, I, you would hire him to do your lawn. I get it. <laughs> well, that might take a while. Uh, no, and I'm not saying it to like you know, but I just I, I, we get so into like he's never even coached offense before, you know, like and and I, there's certainly validity to that. And I'm not trying to say that there isn't, but at the same time, I don't think anyone has really mentioned that Nick Haley was a 10 year coach on the defensive side of the ball. But because he's coached tight ends, we're like, let's just hand him the keys. It's got to be better than Matt Patricia. Well, you know? people well, that, just see, but that last part I would agree with. <laughs> The first part, like, he would not have been high on my list of candidates to replace Josh McDaniels. But based on what was left, he would yeah, be the, the highest on the list. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's either you or uh, you. It's well, like you. we talked about, I think it was before you. the show, you know, <laughs> we, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, Bill wanted to keep Nick. You know, he didn't let him go. But he was the only guy that couldn't go because he was on the contract. And Bill might have been like, Josh, you're not taking everybody. You know, yeah. and it might not have been like, Oh, I've I've tabbed Nick Cayley for anything special. It might have been just frustration. Like you're not taking everybody. I need some type of continuity. You know, I got to keep somebody. Yeah, you know, I just I, I think he leaves uh, next year. That's I mean, I, think, I that's what I think. I well, think, I think you know I you've got a taste of having been offered something, and now it's in your head. You know, yeah. well, I also think he's disgruntled. Right, right, right. Well, that's, like, and that's the other. What am I point. missing out on right. by staying here? That's what I, I pushed yeah. back on pre-show was just that I don't get the whole point of. We can't promote him because then he'll leave. Like, if you don't promote him, he's, gonna he's going leave. to leave like, because you didn't it. promote him. Like, you might as well take a shot and, and, and give a guy a chance. But, and it was also a message but, to the other coaches but, on but staff. But here's the other thing. So he was going to go because Josh probably would have taken him. Josh, who knows him. But is Nick this commodity otherwise? Yeah, that's Mike's larger we'll point. Is yeah, I, I, I have no out. idea what Nick Cayley is. Just to yeah. – to tell the whole story here, Tom Pelissero does a list every year of like rising star coaches in the league. Nick Haley has been on that list for like three straight seasons. Okay, you know, so I, and, and that's Tom Pelissero. It's a national reporter. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know me. I, I, so, all right. So is that based on the 18 season he coached? Grunt? Correct. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea what Nick Cayley is as a coach, like and I do know of the list that that I'm Evan's talking about. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always laugh at some of the names on there. There's some bad names, and yeah, there's some yeah. good names, right? But a lot of these media guys, they they just fashion themselves as you know coach makers, yeah. you know well, king makers. They, well, you know, guy gets. I don't the, know what time. No I, one could deserve that job more than this guy. Well, there's like, it's like who's the who's I the, like to who's the Dolphins wide receiver the coach? Right. Like the Dolphins wide receiver coach. He's suddenly oh, he really hot. Yeah, he must be hot. Then you find out that his agent is the same as the. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I or really, they, or those two guys went to the same college <laughs> and were there together. Oh, but, that's why I don't yeah, always yeah, take yeah, some yeah, of those yeah. things. And I, I think has been on the list probably too, right? Like every I mean, year, yeah, every, every year. year. I mean, right. Ma- yeah. Mayo's Deservedly always on so. it, and people have always said, "How did he ascend to a head coaching candidate so fast?" And, uh, He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Right. Great with the media. Always has been. Has oh, great, great he, relationships. He, he worked for a private company, and they said he was good. You know, it's like <laughs> great relationships really, with. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know, mm-hmm. and we will never know. No. You know, like we have no idea, like what's going on with this coaching staff and the conversations and the factions and who's, yeah. you know, speaking out and who's not and opinions and we have no idea. Yeah, that's why. Uh, just a, the quick. Quick little preview of Cardinals. I've been watching Hard Knocks. I just flipped that on last night. I pl- plowed through a couple episodes, and it's always what the guys, Cardinals you guys ones? Yeah. work so uh, hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I I love that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's it's funny you said that. I, I the same the thought. FBI, because those are the times when you do actually see what's going on behind the scenes of the coaching meetings, and you know, even just to see like the coaching staff. Which, by the way, it's weird. It's like they're in like an auditorium, and and what's his face? The coach like sits up on Cliff. the on this. He sits up on the stage. You better. You, you might want to know that name. Just <laughs> was it? Cliff? Why is he going to be the offensive coordinator next year? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but he sits Take up on the stage, yeah. and like all the coaches like just kind of are spread out in the in the audience of the of the auditorium, and he's just kind of like sitting in a chair up on the stage, like dictating to them. Giving a TED little, talk, a little bit like bizarre. Like, and that's what it felt yeah. like. I know totally. Well, it used uh, to be the offensive line coach until he got caught groping people <laughs> in Mexico. Oh I haven't got into that part in, in hard knocks yeah there's just so many uh, of the details yeah. of coordinating an offense and i get into all the, the scheme stuff like why aren't they using a guy like this or why aren't they running this play or that play but it's also just this the details of route spacing drop back timing you know uh executing handoffs on third and one on the opening no, drive come on. you know stu- stuff like that that you just see wouldn't fun- happen if nick kelly was the quarterback. <laughs> Fu- fundamentals on the offensive line fundamentals on the offensive line like you know we were talking about this earlier uh another pre-show thing yeah. uh when um you know, the, evaluating this draft class because we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Can I fairly evaluate Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton in, in the prism of this offense right now? Like, yeah. uh, how am I supposed to say that? You know, Cole Strange has not played particularly yeah, well. I would say Strange, yes. Thornton, no. I, I just don't know how you can do that because yeah. is Strange getting the coaching that he needs on his technique and on his fundamentals for Matt Patricia? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But isn't like alignment like, like okay, your technique is one thing and your results are kind of right that like with Thornton he's not really being given a huge chance to establish himself a role in this offense so I totally get uh, that's why I'm not ready to say well I'm not another another second round receiver bust like no I like I'm I'm not ready to do that with Thornton I'm not gonna go and say you know if Dante was still here would Cole Strange be better obviously everybody would be better if Dante was still here agreed if Carmen Brasillo was still here would Cole Strange be better he Probably would be better, <laughs> right? So, like, that's yeah. just the thing. Is yeah. it's, it's kind a of a mess out there I in the Raiders. You know, I, I, you have a bad <laughs> game. You look at the tape, and it's good to have a yeah. coach to say, "Here's what you did wrong. Let's right. work on." Yeah, it. right. You know, I, and, and, I, and I also yeah. think what Mac was saying too after the game the other night that he wants to be coached harder. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> He's like the guy in Da Vinci Code with the you know, self-flagellation. You know? That, that just—it does stand out to me though. Thank because you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> when have you ever heard that come out of this building? 
Yeah. That they're not coaching the players hard enough. Like yeah. that's uh, just it's intense. As for Bill Belichick's coaching staff to not be yeah. lacing into players when there's errors on the tape and they have to make corrections and things like that. I mean, some of the stories that you've heard of Belichick ripping players in team meetings and stuff like that. I mean, Julian Edelman goes on TV sometimes and oh, shares yeah. some of the stories. Edelman, the the guy from Foxborough <laughs> High makes this catch, you know, like things like in front are of the entire telling, Are you telling me? <laughs> I can't complete. Yeah, I mean, can't complete, complete a handoff yeah. on third right. and one. Right. I, I've, uh, I've heard like players say and coaches like, if you know, if this organization's structure is like going to school, the Patriots is like getting your PhD. Mm. It's like football university. It's like you learn so you know like, and that's the opposite of what we just heard from Mac. I want to be coached harder. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. We've, I and yeah. I I think to Evan's point though, like I, I that's why I like. A lot of the players are out of my crosshairs right now. Like I like early in the season, I was kind of like, "Come on, Mac, you got to do better," you know. And I'm just, and I still have issues with you know him overall as a player. But I just, you know, I I, I agree with the larger point of just like I feel like they're being undercut at the start, and it's hard it's hard for them to you know be able to show what they truly are as players when you're not doing what the Patriots traditionally have done and put your players in the best position to succeed. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about Hunter Henry. A little bit as well, and uh, he's got an out in his contract after this year. They can save ten million bucks on the salary cap if they cut Hunter Henry uh, going into next year, and the, he's another one of those players too that he has really struggled to block, like really struggled to block all year long. But when you actually watch the assignments that they're giving him, he's blocking a lot of edge rushers, like a lot of defensive ends or stand up outside linebackers, like Matthew Judon types. And he's being asked to block these guys one on one on these passing plays, like he's an offensive tackle. And to a degree, you have to say, well, how many times do you have to see him fail at it? Is before he being you, put in yeah. a position to succeed? Right. right. And, and, you know, if yeah. he's out there blocking, you know, off-ball linebackers and safeties and corners versus blocking, you know, uh, Greg Russo coming off yeah. the edge, like it's probably going to look a whole lot different for a guy like Hunter Henry in the blocking game. So it just – there's so, so many things from assignments to game plans to details like that they just don't do well. That's what's right like, now. It's like a hard decision. I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I, like, I can't cut Hunter Henry right now. I can't pound the table for that because I don't know what the heck right. he can do. Like, you know, like, I wish it was John. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back. We're gonna dive into your calls and emails here in Patriots Unfiltered. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. 
In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment day in and day out to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week, so head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, Oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. 
Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment day in and day out to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week, so head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
And now, great moments in history. So I love college football. He has no interest in it until February, but it's so much. This weekend especially is going to be great. You know, Alabama, Tennessee, there's probably at least one future Patriot playing in that game. Um, So that would probably be it. Okay. (laughs) Because he's patting himself on the back so much, I'm going to just say this. The reason why I don't get into college football in the fall is because I have what's called a girlfriend. And I have shots fired. Shots fired. And on Saturday, I spend it with Jess. So there you go. I'm going to truly enjoy my Saturday this week. And I thought you said we weren't doing we weren't doing personal. That's another great moment from. And uh, if you want more of that exchange, that that <laughs> chemistry uh, after this show, catch twenty two. That remains one of the greatest. Evan and Alex. And I'm going to wow. use that on the show. I thought we weren't Patriots. doing personal. Radio Paul. Yep. <laughs> no, we weren't doing personal. That's the first time I've heard that <laughs> since, and oh. it, that was. I, oh, he went for the jugular. I can't believe he's recovered but from that. I, would, I mean, he was down. No. It's good stuff. He was down. But luckily, he had a college football Saturday, and he was fine. Oh, he's going to Army Navy, so he's he's all excited. This week? Oh yeah. Wow, good for him. I am yeah. uh, planning on going to that next year. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they're, they're sending cool. them. Um, it's the holiday season. You know who's ready? FedEx. They are. Damn right. FedEx are. is ready <laughs> for the holidays. What else are they ready for? <laughs> I don't know. but <laughs> They're the ready for the holidays, and they're getting those packages out. You know, Amazon was down today. Oh, really? Like the whole website was down. You couldn't place an order. <clears throat> so I placed on. an order on Amazon yesterday. Yeah. And uh, evidently I had a um, I had an account yeah. that I haven't used in forever. It uh, goes back to uh, pre-Beth. Really? <laughs> it was back to when I lived in my parents' house. Is that right? Is that where yeah. it's shipped? <laughs> it, my, my shipping came up. It was my yeah. my original Everett address. We've wow. done that a couple of times. It's like I'm going to have to change oh, that. Oh, no. It's going to California. <laughs> Wrong one. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... I'm not going to say it. I'm not, uh, we said no personal. Uh-oh. Oh, you can take Uh-oh. personal Uh-oh. shots at me. Pre Beth and the internet? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's a good personal <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's a really good personal <laughs> shot. The internet's been around since the mid 90s. <laughs> Amazon, though? Yeah. Yeah. Am- Amazon. No, well, well I was trying to do the math in my head. Like, <laughs> no, it was second. funny because I had, um, I was living in an apartment in Everett. But I had everything shipped to my parents' house oh, because classic. there was, like, a verification phone number. And I had to figure out, like, the last two, you know, complete the rest of this phone number, last two digits, oh, eight right. zero, And I'm like, it's like every phone number from your That's your, not yeah. my cell phone. It's not my old cell phone. It's not my home phone. It's not my parents' house. It was my apartment yeah. in Everett, the last two numbers. So I figured that out. And then I went in and. Did right. it in like the pre, you know, when it pre fills? <laughs> yeah. It was my original address. Wow. Damn. They keep that stuff. You haven't huh? been on Amazon. I assume Beth is like a Prime member and you oh, yeah. Amazon boxes like. That's not the. La- yeah. Listen. Coming like left and right. It hasn't been 30 years between Amazon purchases <laughs> in the Perillo household. <laughs> I was say. Just Paul Amazon purchases. <laughs> wow. She's got you covered. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she got house. mad because she goes, You didn't pay for shipping, did you? I was like, <laughs> I No. Prime. No. I was like, Okay. <laughs> we don't pay for shipping. <laughs> okay. All right. It's uh, the perk. Prime members. Yeah, what is the uh, prime membership now? Like 150. Bucks, I don't know. Eight five five pass five. You gotta have it now, right? You gotta have it now. If you want to watch football on that's Thursdays, that's it. Eight five five pass five hundred is the East Ticket Hotline. Web Radio at Patriots dot com is the email address. Oh. Uh, let's get to the callers. What's a good and shot by Evan? Uh, was, he yeah. he, he tiptoed into it. Pre- he did. He was a, he was a little <laughs> afraid. Yeah. Jump right don't in. be afraid. I didn't know they had Amazon back then. You just throw that out there. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, computers. Did they have those? Uh, was, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. Let's go to uh, Eldred Dialogue. in North Carolina. Hey, Eldred. <laughs> Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? Hey, That's fact. Yeah, I like, I like I said, I like your arguments. I like your thoughts and everything. But I still have offensive guy than uh, defensive guy. And if you train on, under McDaniels, like I said, it can't be no worse than what it is now. It can't be. You mean Kaylee? But, uh, Kaylee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nick, with Kaylee. Yeah, I, w- I would have did it from, from the jump. It's just he was the greatest coach, and, he, you know, that's for the team. I know, you, I know you want your boy, but that's your boy's not his uh, specialty. That's not his specialty. So I never would have did that. So I'm next y'all question. Does everybody thinking that Bill O'Brien gonna come to New England next year and try to be the OC? What if you get a coaching job either in college or yeah. the pros? Then what happened to that idea? Then, yeah, then I, it's not a good idea. Find somebody else. Yeah. Now, I, now you're stuck. Else like who? I don't know. I, I, I think I he like stays. Anyone like who? Like I, I who? Anyone? I think he stays. Like <laughs> Apparently, the bar is if you've coached seven years of offense, you're our guy. <laughs> no, but I think it's a. F- the, I think yeah. the larger point that I'll take away from Eldred's call yeah. is: what if Bill Be- Bill O'Brien gets a head coach, right. and job? you don't have a a, 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 a a Belichick tree offensive coordinator guy to, to plug? What do you think? What do you think he would do if Bill Bill O'Brien is not the the offensive coordinator next year? What do you think he would do? I hope that he would find another offensive coordinator. I, I think it's Matt Patricia. <laughs> no, he, he, he'll keep Patricia. That's what he would do. I, th- I think you're right. I, I think, think that's I what think would happen. You would he- and, and Defa fail, experiment again. I think you could get you know? another assistant. Oh, I know you ex- could. It, yeah. I know. I'm just saying I think that what would happen is that Patricia would still be holding the same position he does now, but maybe you get a more experienced assistant like a couple years ago when they brought in Jed Fish, for example, or somebody like that, that that's been around the block, but not mm-hmm. necessarily making him the the offensive coordinator by title. But the Bill O'Brien thing, to, that's the biggest thing to me with the Bill. Everybody just assumes that Bill O'Brien wants to come back. Like I, 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 I am assuming that he would, he would come back, but it's a great point. I know nothing as to why. I don't know if he wants. Well, isn't his family here? And all yeah, that? but he might just want to be a head coach somewhere. And right. Or what if the an offensive coordinator job opens up elsewhere in the NFL with a better situation? Right. Yeah. I, that's was step two. Yeah. If he might just want to be a head coach, I and just say, that might not be my avenue to get there. If right. his his if his goal is to be a head coach again at some level of football, then honestly, there's no better place than Alabama. To, that pipeline is is razor sharp. Like you go, Lane Kiffin gets the old Miss job. Steve Sarkeesian gets the job at Texas. You know that that just goes. Didn't Brian Dable do it too? Exactly. Before D- Buffalo. Dable, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So every two Buffalo, years, that that offensive coordinator, yeah. regardless of if he's coaching up Tua and Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, all the talent he has around him, he still gets a head coaching job. So if he wants a head coaching job, then I don't know what. Coming to New England to be the offensive coordinator here does not that's a that's a lateral move at best. What what if he says, you know what, I've been a head coach, I don't want to be a head coach. I'm okay with being an O. C. Then why is he leaving Alabama just to be back in the NFL? Yeah. 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 And maybe he wants to be closer to home. Yeah, you could be close to home. And you might and maybe he has Hopes that maybe when Bill leaves, that like he would like have Matt Patricia, for example, like I, you know, like I'm, he goes, I'm sick of getting death threats. I was getting death threats. Like maybe he's like, I'm never going to be a head coach again. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know. What about Shadow Shed? Now, I don't think you get it offer, but you know, that's besides the point. Adam Gase is a name. Yeah, I was, that I would consider. Yeah. I would definitely, you know, they're playing them this weekend, and I, I kind of mentioned it quickly earlier, but. I would be really monitoring the situation in Arizona. If Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, 
I'd have him on a plane tomorrow. But, like, what about, like, you know, we talk about the Big 12, you know, and how they don't play defense there. And, like, there seems to be, like, some good offensive minds in that conference, you know? Yeah. Like, it could be somebody we don't, we don't even know about, you know? I, yeah. think, I mean, I think the question. Do you think Bill will go, go for somebody like that? No. My question that's is just if he, if he would hire somebody he had that like in a no. big position like this that has no experience here. That's my that's my question of you know the Chad O'Shea's of the world, the Bill O'Brien's guys that have been here for a long period of time and know how it works. I just I, if he wasn't willing to go outside the organization and try something <laughs> different, like the Patricia move to me just signaled a very important thing to him is having somebody that he knows and trusts. Well, that's him. the thing. That's I mean, why I think if it's not Bill O'Brien, it's going to be Matt Patricia. Yeah, because he does he does like hiring from within. You know, he likes to keep it, you know, all inside. Like, like people yeah. who speak the same language. I understand it to a degree. I mean, I think now it's been you've been kind of pillaged and the pipelines are, are a mess across the board in terms of, you know, who's coaching where. But I don't know. I, I think there's a couple candidates. I just hope it's somebody. I, I don't know how you can go back into next yeah, season unless they explode you, you in these last five fail. games. Yeah. I don't know how you, you bring you're that. You're already failing now. Yeah. You're failing now. I mean, go back again. Oh, we got one more year. Run it back. If you can't right? put your players <laughs> in the concept in, in good position. You ain't gonna be able to do it. Just defense, not offense. Yeah, I think you know. Thanks, Eldrick. Not not to disagree with Eldrick or anybody that says this, but just because I, I agree with Paul that there there's, there's definitely a chance that it is Matt Patricia again next year. Definitely. Helping him by building out the rest of the coaching staff around him, getting an actual offensive line yes, coach so absolutely. he can take that off his plate and would make it better. And maybe getting a quarterbacks coach. Yeah, you, know, you meant uh, Eldrick mentioned Adam Gase who I think if they made him the offensive coordinator, people would also want to pull their hair out based off of how it went in New York and at the end in Miami. But he's at least somebody that's coached quarterbacks before, has a resume doing it yeah. in the NFL, has coached Peyton Manning, has coached some uh, you know quarterbacks in Miami and New York, and maybe not always successfully, but at least he has done it in the past you know, at this level. You know what would be funny is if they hire like Adam Gase and uh... – He's the offensive assistant. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> you know, exactly like, what I think. Like, that's kind of like what everyone. they did with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. 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 Bill, you know, like, he don't make him the a title right or away. anything. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, Evan brought up something a, a little while ago that, you know, like Bill gets criticized, um, in, you know, about the situation they're in now because people say, well, Josh McDaniels, he wasn't going to stay forever and there was no plan. There was no plan, Mike. Right? That's there was it. no plan. And Jed Fish is – is a name that you you threw out there. I I wonder if that was quote unquote a plan. Yeah, like yeah. let's Arizona bring in this guy. Yeah. yeah, let's bring yeah. in this guy. Make him the quarterbacks coach, or have him work with the quarterback at the very least. I don't remember what his exact right. title was. Yeah, there was. And, and then yeah. maybe you know two years, three years in the system. If Josh leaves, yeah. we have a guy that we feel good about. Stupid Arizona State. Yeah. No, just regular Arizona. Just regular. Arizona. Uh, Melvin's in Tennessee. Sorry, he'll be he'll be back in. Hey, I Melvin. think he just signed an extension. He did. Yeah, yeah, he's doing right? a good job there. Hey, Melvin. Hey, I got a quick question, really not about the Patriots, but about just the NFL in general. Why do, like, teams or quote-unquote sources um, leak out information that possibly, let's say, if they work internally for a team? I'm trying, like, for example, like, maybe for the Giants and that, um, well, not the Giants, Cowboys thing, that Odell Beckham thing. Why would they leak out and say something's not wrong with, uh, with his medical when he's been to other teams and they didn't really put anything out there. What benefit do the sources get from putting information out there like that nationally? 
I mean, I, it depends on who the source is. You know, you look at the source mm -hmm. and who, you know, or you look at the information and you say who benefits from this information and You're trying to drum up more yeah. interest for the player. Maybe yeah. it's an agent or you, you it's know, trying to or, scare or, off or, other or, teams. Yeah, drive down the price. Yeah, there are different yeah. ways to look at it. Right. It could be an, an effort to drive down the price. Uh, it <clears> could <throat> also be an effort in Dallas. Everything is magnified in Dallas, right? Bigger. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, maybe Dallas is saying. Don't blame us when we don't sign That's this guy. That's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. Because he's got leaving the, the knee. Yeah. It's not there. you know. So that's how Dallas could benefit from leaking that information. I mean, they pulled out all the stops for Odell. They got Luka Doncic coming over to him on the sideline and dapping him up. <laughs> did you see that Mavs game? Like, did yeah, you see the, the whole, replay? The My whole God. crowd is chanting. It's like the Royals the at the Celtics game. game. <laughs> you know, they got Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs taking him on the high rollers, you know, uh, sweet to the, the Mavericks game. And then if they don't get him, they say, well, our, our doctor said yeah, his medicals. knee was, was So, busted. like, the Patriots wouldn't necessarily have to put out PR spin if they talked to somebody and didn't sign him. Dallas no. kind of does. Yeah. Like, Jerry Jones really strongly believes in that, you know? Because so really, there's no point. there's no way that Dallas should not sign up right. Jay. That's like he's put a, him over the top. They're it's a contender. native. He's yeah. a native Texan, I believe. Uh, they are a contender. They have the quarterback in place. Yep. They they have all the pieces that he wants. That's what he does? He said up multiple mm -hmm. times that his dad was a huge Cowboys fan growing up, and that's where he wants to be. Ideally, Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas. Those to me, those are the three that make a lot of well, sense. He also has been talking with the Giants. About I know, and that to there. me doesn't make any sense. Oh. Yeah. That would make okay. it, that. That's the other team that's, that's, that's strongly except playing in New York is good for business. Yeah, yeah but that's not that's if you're not catching any passes. <laughs> yeah. right. If you, you lose, wouldn't if catch any Dallas, passes with Daniel you Jones, you lose out to him. Buffalo yeah. for OBJ. No offense. That's oh, in oh, oh. in Texas. That's oh. that's now, no no good. I sometimes get uh, I'm guilty, Melvin, of taking the reports at face value. Sometimes that happens. I know I um, I always question everything, but sometimes I take it at face value. I wonder if there's any truth to that, and he can't be. A part of your offense before, say, the middle of January, like they were talking on ESPN yesterday. Yeah. How much are you going to pay him? If you're going to sign him, you got to sign him for next year. You know, you can't just right. sign him to so you, maybe you could play in the divisional round. Yeah. Could a player like that suit in that situation like that? I'll try to. Oh, because like you at least. Yeah, I mean, there's possibility if, if if things didn't work out and all of a sudden I'm not getting offers anywhere. And you found out it was the team. It could yeah. be a possible yeah. defamation against it's an sure. I mean, HIPAA violations stuff, yeah. and whatnot. That stuff <laughs> is very hard to prove. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, you, it'd be an uphill battle. But you could. Somebody might yeah. try to cross that line at some point. I know you all in the field, obviously. So I just want to know. All, all right, thanks, Melvin. We strictly talk Patriots. Uh, Lars is in Camp Pendleton. What's up, Lars? Hoorah! It's been a while. Thank you for your service. It's hoorah! 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 It's not hooray. It's not hooray. Matt's coming to choke you out right now. Uh, I'm right. um, yeah, it's been a while. Hey, I, I think I owe, no, uh, sorry, Eldred, an apology. I think I was programmed by Paul's show to not appreciate top-end wide receiver talent enough, but um, I've, I've always kind of rolled my eyes when Eldred's lobbying for uh, talent. faster, bigger wide receiver for the last like, decade. Right. Um, but I don't know if it's the Jefferson and, and Diggs back-to-back -back and then Hopkins and Adams on the horizon, but and Jamar and Tyree. Uh, I guess I'm just convinced. Like I haven't bought a point yesterday yeah. that uh, I just couldn't call in then. Uh, but just that the, the league has kind of changed with the top end uh, wide receivers, and I just think about the way the Patriots have gone about trying to acquire talent at that position, and it's either off the scrap heap, 
you know, like clearance rack or in the draft, and it never seems to work. And I'm just thinking about the, all the people who changed hands last year. And so I have two questions. One is, you know, do you, do you think like a top end wide receiver would be worth, say, two to three of the receivers we have acquired over the last couple of years, thinking like Porn Aguilar or Parker? Um, so are you saying, like, would you rather have Jamar Chase or Bowen and Aguilar? Is, yeah, is that a, the question? Like, I mean, like a top end receiver over is that a multiple? Qu- yeah, I mean, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't even think Fred would say no to that. Fred, <laughs> Fred loves Justin Jefferson. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so my question: You're is, always going to get other Justin receivers Justin in addition. Right now, but I, I'm talking about like I guess like the uh, Hollywood Brown, AJ Brown, Parker Hill. You know, not Parker, but Adams. You know, the guys who changed hands for for high draft capital. And, and are signed for big money. And I, I think, like, if you add up uh, an Aguilar and a Parker, they, they get pretty close to those yeah. top 20 receivers. They're the yeah, second. They they've had the second most money in their oh, wide receivers. Oh, in terms of money, yes. No. Sorry. I thought we were talking Not production. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, not production. So like, resource allocation. When you look there, I, I, I looked there, I did a little show prep. There's three teams that have two top 25 uh average annual value by receivers and, and they're all guys you would want any one of them uh and, and Lockett and Metcalf uh Evans and Godwin and uh let's see oh and um Williams and Allen on the Chargers those, those guys are both like 20 million plus a year yeah. so my question is, wouldn't you just take one of those why, like why haven't you traded the first round pick and whatever else bag of balls and paid someone 25 million bucks and, and just yeah a bunch of number threes behind that guy, and uh, uh, just let me guys really respond to that. Thanks. Pitching to the choir here. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, the only one on that whole list that he rattled off of all those guys that changed hands that I wouldn't necessarily be willing to give the twenty plus million in a first round pick for is Hollywood Brown. I mean, all the rest of those guys, AJ Brown and yeah. you know, right. Diggs and they Adams, made the Hollywood Brown Hopkins. trade that was already happening. Hopkins on the roster, yeah. so right. they traded for Hollywood right. Brown to be their number two yeah. receiver. And, I, and I'm fine. Like I think one. Hollywood Brown's a fine player. I just don't put him in that. He's not a. Yeah. He's not one of those uh, elite receivers. Yeah. He's a good player. I mean, they they they've tried the last few years. Nikhil Harry, first round pick. I mean, it's just they're, they're getting the wrong guys. You know, I think that's what it is. And part of it is the overall philosophy of the league has changed, and you need those guys. Um, but I, I still think depth is important. I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I mean, they, you know, like you, you need Tyler good, Boyd. You need they have good a, BC. They guys. probably have the best yeah. wide receiver core in football. And it also gets easier. I mean, on maybe those Miami. Guys. Yeah, but it also gets easier on those guys when you have that top right. guy, and all the attention's going to them. And now they're getting matchups, and you know, so I mean, would Aguilar or Bourne or Myers or any of the guys that they have on the roster now look better? With of course, and so. They just they, they have, to, they have to continue to invest in that resource, and I mean the offensive line is certainly a priority this offseason. I would say linebacker is certainly a priority, and I would just say wide receiver continues to be a priority. Yep. You're going to have major turnover there. I, I have no problem investing multiple draft picks in that. I, I'm I'm terrified of free agency though, but I think 2021 did me wrong, and you know because well, I don't think there's been, a, I mean there's been a lot of high impact trades, but I'm not sure that it's been the, the wide receivers. I think you're looking for guys like the Patriots got. I like Corey yeah. Davis, good player, yeah. you know, and I think that was a good move for the Jets because it gave them a veteran to go with their yeah. young guys. Yeah, you yeah. know, and if they could get a quarterback, you know, I'm not necessarily sold on Mike 
effing white yet. Well, um, Garrett Wilson is. But, you know, you got Garrett <laughs> Wilson and Elijah Moore with, 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 a, with a veteran in Corey Davis. That can work. Yeah. But most of those guys, like Kenny Galladay, he's been well, nothing that's why for that, the Giants. So uh, We were talking about this earlier, too. Pre-agency. Guys that are going to be free agents in 2024. Right, because a lot of these... That's guys, the A.J. Browns. Right, so yeah, that yeah. those are the guys that get disgruntled because their negotiations for their new contracts aren't going well, and eventually they ask out, right? So yep. uh, a couple of those guys are like, T. Higgins is going to be a 2024 free agent or scheduled to. Uh, Jerry Judy is scheduled to be a 2024 free agent. So I don't know if those names necessarily are in the A.J. Brown category, but I, I think to the point of... Has the lead changed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you pull up the... Do you think Bill thinks it has? No, and this is, I think, a big problem about what's going on right now uh, with this team. You pull up the AFC standings right now. I'll just run through them quickly. Buffalo, Stephon Diggs, Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, Baltimore, Mark Andrews, Tennessee is, somehow does it, right? But they had A.J. Brown, and then they right. traded him away, and then their GM gets fired because he traded A.J. Brown. Right. Uh, Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, Miami, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. And now the Jets, who have Garrett Wilson, who is a problem. So every single one of these teams, you can point to, and I think with Tennessee, you point to the running back, and you can say they have a stud weapon. They have a superstar weapon that on Tuesdays when you get into your game plan meetings, you have to decide how are we going to defend this guy, right? And I I was doing some early uh, Raiders prep. I was reading some of their writers, and they have seen – a lot of their run game success they're third in the league right now in epa on the ground and i was looking into why that is that's been and stuff like that and they've seen more two high safety shells than any team in the league because Devonte adams demands the safety attention so now all of a sudden they have lighter boxes and now josh jacobs got all sorts yeah. of room to run it's great so it's great these are the chess matches that you, it's not just about the production is my point. It's yeah. also about what it does to what the What it allows defense. you to do. Think, and, right. you know, and something you said, I think, yesterday, if not, it was last week, that really resonates, too. Like, that's why I asked, do you think Bill thinks that it's changed? And a lot of people, do you remember on the draft shows when they made the A.J. Brown trade? And, you know, we were all like, you know, do you think the Patriots would ever make a trade like that? And, and our, we all said no. And I think that they would be – the opposite and I think I don't know if you said it yesterday but like the the Titans move that was so Patriots Mm -hmm. yeah and Evan made that point about John Robinson taking a page right out of the Patriots playbook so like to your point Mike Mm -hmm. keep trying in the draft keep trying in the draft so they can trade him after the third year when he got when the guy wants to get paid like Debo Samuel wanted to get paid they paid him Terry McLaurin wanted to get paid they paid him you know, A.J. Brown, they ended up moving him. But, like, I'm not sure. that I think the Patriots would be in, we're going to move him yeah. camp rather than, you know, sure. they would they would just sit there and say, well, who do we have on our list? Now, I think that Traylon Burke's kid, I think he can play. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I, I think they may have made the best of a bad situation. You know, unfortunately, he's been banged up yeah. a little bit and in and out of the lineup. Brown. But he, I've he's seen the SEC to kill Harry. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen some. Fl- I've seen some <laughs> oh, yeah. flashes yeah. though. Yeah, yeah no, I liked him. Uh, and I just, I mean, is it fair to Mac Jones? Uh, will we ever get a true sense of who Mac Jones is if he doesn't get a chance to play with a guy like that? You know, I mean, it's it's just asking a lot. It's asking a lot for him to to elevate a team. You know, I, I wonder if Bill still thinks if I, I could know. get someone. This show told me they didn't have any concerns about the offense. <laughs> I just, but it, it does go back to Fred's thing because when you <laughs> I when, remember that every once in a while he perks up. <laughs> when the him. Cardinals and and uh, and Vance Joseph, who's having the time of his life, when he uh, <laughs> when they when they get in on on Monday and they start to turn the page to New England and they look at New England's offense, 
who on the Patriots offense are you circling? Like, we got to take this guy out. That's exactly what we want. They yeah. have no idea. <laughs> right, <laughs> no, right, right, right. And that's right. the argument. Where right? do we even that, begin? Oh, they got this depth and they can spread it around. And, you know, you don't take. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the one guy that maybe you, you in the passing game is like Jacoby because that's just who they target a lot, right? So the Jacoby's the guy yeah, third down. that you need to take out. But if you have a good a good enough corner, uh, you don't necessarily need to help to Jacoby, right? Like, <laughs> no. you know, Byron Murphy's a solid cover guy and in Arizona. If, and even if he makes the catch, he's not going getting any yak. Breaking right. it. Yeah. So it's the same thing as last year. You know, they put an extra guy in the box. Now you can't run the football because you're running into seven and eight man boxes all the time. You'd have nobody on the outside that gives anybody any fear. And you just look at how all these teams that have these number one guys, just how defenses have to change their entire game plan. Like we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Like you just have to change the entire game plan, your entire strategy to cover that guy, and it opens up things elsewhere. And that's why the Raiders have had so much success running the football. Do you, do you think that they believe that Tyquan Thornton could be a number one? Do you think that was part of? I think uh, the when problem is him? is that they think that Tyquan Thornton fits a role in the whole offense, right? Like, oh, he's you know our take the top off the defense guy. Jacoby's our uh, you know high volume targets, you know intermediate guy, and yeah. that's not. It, that's not game breaking. Like that's not yeah. changing. The problem the might equation. be they don't want that guy. Yeah, they'd rather have this situation where and, and, and they're all pieces of the puzzle. And how many more of these kind of seasons do you need before you? I just think you need to be so elite at quarterback play. to do it that way. To like to you guys' right. point, like you always say, right. like what would Mac Jones be if he had that? Like, uh. well, yeah, I think most quarterbacks are like that. Like they need to have yeah. other guys help elevate their game as opposed to Brady elevating everybody around him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think you know, like, in that way, at least in theory, you, I mean, I, I can see like, you know, why you would say, well, it's really hard to get a one a, but if we had three or four really good B's, we could probably make it work with a good quarterback. You yeah, know, like, I get it. it. It makes sense. But and like I said, I don't think that the Patriots wide receivers stink. I just think they have a bunch of complimentary pieces yeah. and I think it's hard to do it just that way. Yeah, like you if you, a, if this group would look a lot better, right. not, you know, breaking any news. And, and I think well, with yeah. a stud yeah. to, to put everybody down a peg. And I think as Evan read off those things, I mean, it's tight ends too. It's not just like that game breaking wide receiver that, you know, it, it's, it's, it can be a, a variety. I mean, I'm just thinking about the Cardinals a little bit. I know we'll talk about them more probably tomorrow, but like you're talking about the, the defensive coaches and how they're going to look at the Patriots. I wonder if like, does Cliff Kingsbury look and say, huh, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, I got one of those. Yeah. yeah, I can I can move the ball and score points in this game. Yeah, like 100%. I, yeah. You know? Like, just look at the last couple of weeks, and they weren't able to take away the number one. Why would you think they're going to completely eliminate Hopkins? Yep. I just think Tua in Miami is such a great example of all of this because Tua is not a physical marvel, right? Like, he's, no. not, he's not Josh Allen. He's not Justin Herbert. But what Tua is good at are all these, like, secondary passer traits, like anticipation, accuracy, uh, you know, the eye manipulation coverage manipulation and i think that the guy here is good at those things too but in order to have an offense that is predicated on those things it has to be built a certain way and miami built it perfectly for Tua, a great play caller tyree kill jalen waddle and so he's it amplifies all of those traits of his and it doesn't ask him to play make outside the pocket or throw 60 yard bombs all the time to create big plays and it, it allows him to do things that he's good at and amplify those things and I think on Thursday night when Mac threw that interception that was an interception but they got the right. the call from Jordan Poyer that was a perfect example of 
he, the play broke down. It was a second reaction or extended play. And Hunter Henry does flash open downfield for half a beat, but he just doesn't have the arm and the physical tools to throw across his body on the move and beat the safety there with a good throw. And it gets intercepted. So, in order to amplify the things that Mac Jones is good at, you, you have to go with the mo- model like Miami, and you have to make those secondary passer traits amplified by having good playmakers around him. Uh, Brendan asks a simple question at webradio at Patriots.com. He says, those. what would the Patriots record be this year if the team had prime Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> <laughs> well, you laugh. I, I, I was actually thinking, I think they'd be better. Of course they would be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Drew would hang in there. He'd be firing balls down the field. Yeah. Taquan Thornton probably have like four or five touchdowns already. Yeah. Uh, like he would make that pass that yeah. you were just talking about because be, he's got yeah. the arms. They'd straight. be better. There's no question uh, about it. Now, no. I don't think they'd be a threat because he would throw too many picks. He well, can't run. Well, well, he's not mobile. So, I, so then I was I was thinking of that last night, and then I was thinking, Paul. Paul. Paul can't be asked to answer if you this had question to choose, honestly. If you had to choose between in the Patriots Hall of Fame, Bledsoe or Richard Seymour, who who would get in? Who only is a better, one, better only, Patriot? Only one can get in. Seymour. What? Uh, I would say Seymour. That's an argument for Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> See, I would say Bledsoe. Did I miss it? Am I, am I wrong? No, I'm sub- I, I, I Are think you making fun of me? No, I'm asking, is, is, is there an argument for Drew Bledsoe over yeah. Richard Seymour? I, 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 <laughs> I think in terms, sure of, in terms of like importance to the franchise yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. See, you, you put far more. I mean, that's the, the thing about being a Hall of Fame voter. Which Fred and I are. Um, it, it's you. You you can have right. your criteria, right. and Fred is very much, um, you know, fabric of the of the the organization, like his impact on the team, and you know that kind of stuff. And I mean, you can it's make not an argument. Always just the best player. You can make an argument that that Drew Bledsoe is every bit as important as any player, you know, beyond Tom Brady, who's ever played for the team. But you could make that you argument. You could also I make wouldn't. the argument but that they don't could. win in 2001 without Richard Seymour. So No, no, no. I, I, I don't you know heard how, my answer. I don't know how yeah. you wrote what did I answer? on this. I'm the biggest yeah. Bledsoe, Bledsoe honk that you could find. My answer was Seymour's Bar- a better Bar's player. sitting in the other room. But I just, go, I just go by talent. <laughs> like, I just think Seymour's a better player. Yeah. Fred goes yeah. by more than just no. talent. And I think that there's – And I think Fred makes a good argument. It resonates for me as a kid in the 90s who can specifically remember the day that Drew Bledsoe became a part of the franchise. It's the day I became a season ticket holder. You know, like it, it th- there was hope. We finally us. had We're one biased, of those guys. You know? yeah. Like the, that's the day I jumped on board. Right. For you us, know? for some of the you know generation just behind mine, it's 2001. That's you know they that is what got, got their attention locally. So I mean, you for don't me, buy the Ty Law theory that they would have won the Super Bowl in 01, but without Richard, with Drew. <laughs> Maybe you just, but, but you, didn't really, even I didn't believe the, that. The reason why they won the Super Bowl in 01 was because of Richard Seymour and Ty Law. <laughs> like, you know, no, I well, the game, like, you're talking about the game itself. I'm talking, talking about the about season to general. get there. I don't yeah. think they would have gotten to the Super Bowl no. if, if Drew coached, uh, quarterback the whole way. I, just, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. I, mean, in terms I think of they would have been okay. Well, I don't think they would have been a train wreck. to the franchise, how, th- is anything more important than 2001? Like, th- th- that's, that's the pinnacle. Like, 2001 is what got the whole thing started. Yeah, before that they were they were we know what they were. So it, it pretty good. Pretty good. I think we're gonna get nineties. We're gonna get nineties defensive right now. <laughs> no, but they weren't bad. I I mean I I think it's no it was I I kind of I I usually hesitate and I I balk at like they wouldn't have you know like I used to hear people that like you know uh, they wouldn't have gotten to the Super Bowl in ninety six without Terry Glenn like. Well, I, I mean, Terry Glenn had a phenomenal rookie season. How do I know they wouldn't have gotten to the Super Bowl? 
I, I don't know. Maybe someone else would have caught 90 passes. It's funny because when you get to the playoffs, like how many touchdowns did they actually get in the playoffs in 2001? I mean, Drew threw one of them. Brady threw one or two others. I mean, there were maybe two I touchdowns thrown. I'm, Brady scored one. I'm the, pretty sure they had Raiders. the same amount of touchdown passes in the playoffs. In, in <laughs> okay, one but, the, but the touchdown to David Patton in the Super Bowl is an awesome throw. So, so was the touchdown to David Patton? It was the, the same, same play. It was the same play. <laughs> it was the same play that Drew threw. The exact same play. Well, they they turned it up you know, yeah. before they went up and then up. But yeah, it's uh, there's actually a great clip. I lost of, control um, of my bodily functions on, this, <laughs> on that on that four play stretch. The Pro Bowl uh, skills challenge. They like used to interview the quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks used to break down their favorite play in their offense. Oh, that's fun. And uh, I like sticks. Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I have it. The clip somewhere um, of Brady breaking down the play that he threw the touchdown to David Patton to. Yeah, yeah, F, that, that F was right thing. Well, I forget. Banana. It's Fifteen. No, so uh, it, it is. So the little motion zing, that he goes fing. in, they do call it a fing motion. Fing. I, I don't know if they call it fing motion anymore because who the heck knows what they call anything now. But uh, that's that's yeah. what it was. Now called. we call me, it me and this Brian. Guy, this guy go that way. Yeah. Brian and I did a thing when we still had the paper. I, I, I bet you Brian could rattle it off. Oh yeah. Like word, word verbatim. Yeah. Uh, zero out slot right. Three thirty five max base throwback chip flare. Yeah, that's of not course. it. But that's yeah. not of course. Uh, L from Wisconsin says, uh, too long of a break between the game and the shows was a rough weekend. Anyway, I have a few things I'd it like was. your thoughts on. One, the field goal at the end of the Vikings game was just embarrassing. The Bills oh. game? I think the Kicking Bills the game. The Bills game. Kicking yeah. the field goal Kicking at the end the of the Bills game, I'm going to say. Yeah, man. I guess so. Yeah. I, uh, I sort of agree. Someone said, who is Mac to question the coaches? He hasn't earned it. Now, I'm not a Mac guy by any means. But he does have a year more experience in an NFL offense than the coordinator. Yeah, fair point. So who, who is he? Uh, Bill said fair at the point. start of the season that he should be held accountable. I think he can say that because he knows he won't be. You can question all you want, but if there is zero threat to his job, then it doesn't matter. You've all said it. He doesn't have to worry about losing his job. In that case, he can do whatever he wants and will not be held accountable. The media asking questions isn't the same. Agree with that part. And I, I actually heard someone say something along those lines this morning that it's easy for Bill to say, put it on me, because he knows he's not going to get fired. He's got six Super Bowls. He's not going anywhere. He don't care. He don't care. I, think I, was, I think it was Tom Curran's podcast uh, I was listening to a little of this morning. Um, I think it came up with him and Florio. <laughs> your, your boy, Florio. Really. Not to defend uh, my fellow media down here, but – uh, us questioning Bill about uh, uh, like I, I get that a little bit of people being. I think the questions are there. Yeah, people being like, why doesn't the media like you know come after Bill about this whole thing? And it's like, what, it, it, I, other than like you know fans and, and media getting off on the fact that they challenge Bill you know at the press conference, it, it does, none of us make decisions around here. Like it doesn't right. actually make a difference whether or not we. And that's why I think the the email is right. It's yeah. that doesn't count. Right. But I do think that we talked again before you came on, Ev, about the. The back and forth with Phil Perry Bill, and, yeah. and Bill yesterday, and you and I were sitting there, and we, you know, I didn't think it was confrontational. I, I thought it was uh, just a very professional back and forth. And he's asking, Phil's asking him, more or less, why is it like this, and why is it too late, and why, you know, what is the differences between, as his example, going in a different direction down the stretch of eighteen to now? And I, I thought it was good back and forth. I didn't. I didn't necessarily think it was like, whoa, he really held his feet to the fire. Right. No, it was just good football questions. And no, I, I, I think I, that you've gotten – now, 
they've won everything for 20 plus years. So as much as I make fun of the media, I'm really only kind of doing it half in jest. This is one of the rare times where there's reasons every week to go in there and ask them tough questions. And I think, and I, I think they have. I think yeah. they have. I yep. think they have. But but it's just hard to pin. But down. the emailist point about. is right. The only person that can really hold him accountable is Robert, Robert Kraft. Yeah. Sure, right. you know, um, Chris with a T I A N writes Fred Kirsch and writes in not really. Uh, Tom E. Curran said definitively on his podcast that Billy O was not coming back here to be what he was in 2011 just an offensive coordinator. It would require a guarantee that he would have a shot to replace Belichick, the same guarantee that Josh was looking for before he left Vegas. I don't know if Ed, either of those are true. It's, it's interesting, though, because <clears throat> walk me through this. You guys are smarter than me, right? Sometimes. How about that? Um, so Robert Kraft goes to Billy O'Brien, and he says, you will have every opportunity to replace Bill Belichick if and when the day comes that Bill hangs him up. This is a good situation. This is what you want. So Bill comes in, and he's the offensive. Billy O'Brien comes in, he's the offensive coordinator, and he's has this in his mind. Like, well, right. you're only here for another couple of years. What am I going to listen to you for? I'm going to set these things up the way I want them because you're going to be gone soon. Owner yeah. told me. And I gotta that's, a, that, yeah. that's something that makes sense to people? No. Again, you guys are smarter than me. Tell me how that works. It doesn't. I mean, does it? And does that come from Robert? Like, I mean, does, it, like, does right. he negotiate that kind of thing? Because I, I – I mean, I guess I kind of feel like it would be Bill hiring coaches, right, and, and reaching out to coaches and discussing what the setup would be. And, you know, if anyone were to get one of those weird, what are they, like assistant head coach? You know, sometimes like your yeah, random guy has like an associate yeah. head coach yeah. on the side. Like what does that mean? I don't even Dan know. Dan Campbell in New Orleans before yeah. he got the Dante. Lions job. Dante was the assistant head Just coach. Just like a reliable guy who, who, if things go south, you can, you know, have him fill in. Yeah, know. and I'm not Bill saying that it's impossible yeah. that – not yet. I also, you know, I, I heard them talking about this on the radio yesterday. I think it's it's actually reasonable. One of your shows. Point. One of my shows. Oh. Um, if if Bill O'Brien's going to wait around for Bill Belichick to call him, <laughs> he could be waiting for a long time. Like Robert might have to make the call. Like I just, I, I, I don't I know. I just, I don't get the, I get the reason why everybody wants Bill O'Brien here. I still am trying to figure out why Bill O'Brien would want to be here. That's the piece of it that I can't wrap my head around because on top of what Paul is saying, I, I, I would also say that one of the things with Belichick is that he surrounds himself by people that owe a, great, a, a debt of, of gratitude to him, right? Like, you know, people that he can, that he has a clear hierarchy of control over. And everything that you hear about what happened in Houston was that Bill O'Brien wasn't taking anything from anybody down in Houston. Yeah. And I just I look at that situation and I I think for Bill O'Brien and for for Bill Belichick that that is asking for those two guys to butt heads. Right? Like when they get into that, the That's my point. When they get into the draft room in in April and and they're they're in, up on on the in the first round and uh and Billy O'Brien says to Bill, you know, this Addison kid from USC wide receiver can really play. Like I, I think this kid's going to be a great player in the league. And, and then <laughs> you idiot. And then Bill goes and, and, and takes a nose tackle from you know Kent State. <laughs> like Golden these flashes. are the these are the types of things that are are going to. I I don't think yeah. Bill O'Brien's going to take that. Yeah. Like right, you know, Bill O'Brien's not that kind of guy. What did Brady used to call him Teapot? Right. <laughs> yep. So oh, and then he was it was accurate too. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not going to go over well. 
There's it, also just an element of this that, like, you had Josh here for X amount of years. Then Billy O came. Then you got Josh back. Now we want to bring Billy O back. It's like at some point, can we just break the cycle and start to find something new and maybe build something that doesn't, like, have to connect to somebody know, who was here? To Evan's point about what Billy O wants, um, is it out of the realm of possibility that he gets a head coach offer? No. No, I, no. And I saw Bedard is, you know, Bedard's been kind of tweeting about this. He, said, he thinks like, Bill is coming back. He, he said, like, you know, he was putting out there, like, you know, the Purdue job, I guess, just opened up. But, you know, would he be intrigued oh, Brian by, Brom got fired? by a head coach, by that kind of head coach? Oh, Jeff job. Brom. Which one? Which, which Brom? Something coach Brom. Coach Brom. We just call him Coach. Coach, coach Brom. Good job. He's coach got Brom. tremendous potential. <laughs> uh, he has, up, up, so, sorry, upside. He has upside. <laughs> um, but what if he, what, what if the Carolina Panthers want to hire Bill O'Brien? Or right. Arizona or, you, you know, know, whatever. And, I don't know. Like, I look at his resume from afar. I, I think there's flaws Indeed. with everybody, okay? But he took over what I think is probably the worst possible situation you could ever take over at Penn State, and he made Christian Hackenberg look like a legitimate yeah. prospect. Second Jets round pick. Right? Jets liked him. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a fluke. He played great that first year. Now, he didn't play as good the second year, but he looked really good. Then he goes to Houston, and – Look what's happened in Houston since. And it wasn't just because of Deshaun Watson. You could say, well, he had Deshaun Watson. He oh, was nice great. Job. They went to the playoff. They won a playoff game with, like, T.J. Yates. Like, they, they had – he built a good team. Now, to Evan's point about, like, the power, yeah. I think the power was a problem. I think there was all kinds of things going on with uh, – what's the guy? Rick Smith, was that back then, the GM? Yeah. You know, he kind of pushed him out. Took over control, made some bad moves, then, you know. Little finger gets in there. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, though, Paul, because I was but thinking about it But I think his job earlier. in Houston was pretty yeah. good. No, I know. and that's, He's always I, been I'm good. I'm so glad honestly. you said that because I, I was just thinking that a few minutes ago when we were talking about him. And I'm like, there's this impression that things were a disaster for Bill and what a joke he was. And I'm like, what am I misremembering? Because it seems like he drafted a lot of, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, is talented guys, J.J. Watt, talented guys. They were always kind of in the playoffs. They were in the know, playoffs. Like, they were never a threat to go to the Super Bowl, but they were always a threat to beat you. Mm-hmm. Always. It's just, it's just, I, they were a little I, like, you know, they were a high, I, to me, a higher end version of what Tennessee has been the last few years. Yeah. Like, I think they've been very dangerous, but probably not a Super Bowl team. Like Arian Foster is, is your, yeah. is your uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he was a good coach. Now, yeah. am I biased? Absolutely. Really liked the guy. Had a lot of good conversations with him. Loved running into him at the combine the year that he made fun of me and Andy for finding ways to be negative. It was one of my favorite <laughs> moments ever. He's like, you know, my, my, wife, every, my whole family's still back in New England. I, I, I see these things of you. Like, I don't know how you do it, man. We win the Super Bowl every year, and you find a way. And, and, and I said to him, I, I explained to him, I go, you have to understand where it starts from. These are all issues, quote, unquote, that may or may not allow us to host the AFC championship game. <laughs> right. Like, that's where I'm coming at with my criticism. <laughs> not like, these guys don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they're even going to win a game. It's how are we going to host the AFC championship game so we can win another Super Bowl? And he's like... I, I yeah. guess I could see that. Come check Billy us out o. now. Coordinated the, the uh, two but, tight end But he, he, yeah. he has oh. rabbit ears. Oh. He yeah. has awesome. rabbit ears. A- absolutely. Oh. And, a, and, a, and a temper, right? Like oh, yeah. It seems like yeah. that's, a, that, that's a tough combination. That argument with, with, uh, with Brady on the sideline yeah. in Washington yeah. was legend. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. What was it? All the about Taekwond, Taekwond, Taekwond Underwood. Underwood. That's it. The high top fade. Okay. Uh, Shutters in Manchester, UK. Whoever you think is the best OC in D.C., the Patriots have had over the last 22 years, Cornell, Josh, if you plug them in with this roster, how different do you think the record would be? <clears throat> it's impossible. Yeah. Like, that's impossible. 
I don't know. The best? Well, all I know is, is that last year they were 10-7 and seven in the top 10 offense with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator. So I don't know if you count Josh as the best one. I don't know if you want to give that to Charlie Weiss or, or Bill O'Brien, but I, I know what the product was last year with the better offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. and I would definitely say Romeo Cornell. But I, I, I just, like, how do you know what the impact would be on the same players playing with a different coordinator? Right. I wrote in at the beginning of the season that Bill is the reason I had hoped this team would make the playoffs, but his roster and coaching structure is why I feared this team would be failing. This coaching structure has failed. The sooner it's fixed, the better, but it has to be done with the right pieces, not just the available pencil twiddlers. I have similar fears for the short and long-term future of this roster. There is the odd bright spark, but little backbone. Yeah. yeah. I just I think for the optics of it all – depending on how the season ends. I'm not expecting any dramatic change in like what they do in these last five games to, to redefine what we think about the team overall. But I just think they, they for the optics of it, you have to do something on offense because people are going to have the pitchforks out and interest is going to be waning. And a way to get people back in is to invest in the offense and bring, a, bring an established kind of guy in that we can you know maybe trumpet a little bit. I, it's hard for me to see them bringing back Matty P and, and it going well in any in any sense of the word. Uh, Jack in Ann Arbor says John Jeff Brom took the head coaching job at Louisville. Louisville. Did I say Jeff first or Brian? Probably uh, Jeff. I don't know. Um, that, that makes more sense because I wouldn't I, – I thought he did a decent job at Purdue. They're, they're not overly talented, Purdue. No. And they find a way to win seven, eight games every year. Uh, Willems and Philem. What's up, Willie? What's going on, Spray? How you doing? Good. Okay. Um – Oh, yeah, I heard that little smart comment yesterday, Fred and Mike. Come on, oh, it's the cop. Uh, hope they ain't the cops getting after Will. That's what he gets. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we. <laughs> I keep telling uh, Look. Yeah, how you I throwing up against the. Podcast, <laughs> when I get off the podcast with y'all, I do continue listening. So I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. smart. Go ahead. Oh, that was it. For y'all. I don't ever but, say um, anything bad, Willem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know you don't. I know you don't, Paul. You, you want a good one. <laughs> Fred don't care. Fred, Fred just let it rip. He don't oh, care. Yeah. <laughs> doing a well, show. Um, my my question is, um, I guess y'all when y'all was touching on the receivers and whatnot. I mean, how many times have you seen Bill at the podium talking about Justin Jefferson? Oh, he's a problem. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, they yeah. all problems and whatnot. I mean, these are all receivers you could have had. I'm, I'm at least one of them. Well, you know, one out of the group of basically, but you didn't. You didn't. You didn't want to go get him. You you just refused to get him for whatever stubborn reason. And the thing about it is, it is it's not your money at the end of the day. That cap money ain't yours. So what you worrying about? Right. It's about cap allocation. You know, go go get them. the go get the go get the talent that so we can see what Matt can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it has to be perfect for him, so be it. Make it perfect then. It's almost you like he I'm doesn't want to deal with that yeah. strong personality in the locker room. You know that that the diva, yeah, the, yeah. the guy that. You know, just won't listen but, to me. You know, I I think it's cap allocation, though. I think it I think it really is. I think that they don't want to have one guy that's taking up thirty million dollars of the cap. They'd rather yeah. have three guys that take up thirty million dollars of the cap. Yeah, that's okay. that's just so their at, mindset on it. Okay, but look at okay, I'm still, but look at what that thirty million does for you, though. Oh, I I'm, I'm not disagreeing doing. with you at all. Yeah, I'm I just think saying, I think Evan's right. just trying to give you what he thinks yeah. Bill's. Um, yeah. Philosophy they would. They want to. They, in okay. their mind, they've always thought of it. Roster building is building one through fifty-three, right? Like it's not just building the top ten, 
right? And I think right. you, you hear a lot of the time, oh, like, you know, this isn't Madden, this isn't fantasy football or whatever because – Yeah, Mike, Mike uh, right. buys that. Because they don't want to build a roster that is top-heavy. They want to build a depth – roster with good depth and stuff like that over the years you know uh they've had more players on their roster making more than a million dollars than like any other team in the league because they really the middle of the pack right they're they're like middle depth they take that really seriously they want to have good solid strong middle class middle class thank you that's what i'm looking for okay yeah okay one more thing and then and that's it i have to i gotta be very honest all jokes aside and I'm going to say this for the record: if if the, if the Patriots look like this next season, if Matt Patricia's there, if that draft looks horrible, and that offseason, I mean, free agency looks disgrace, I'm out. I'm sorry. I've been a Patriots fan for a long time. Mm. I love y'all to death. You'll be. Back. I, I will continue listening to y'all and stuff, but I I, I can't. Mm. I can't, man. That's just bad. Where are you going to go? Okay? <laughs> where are you going to go? Gonna go? Where are you going to go? Jets. Where are you going to Philly? Where are you going to root for? for? You could take the Eagles. You're in Philly. Me. I don't know, man. It's just kill me right now, gentlemen. I, I, I like the point, though, you right, made. Thanks, I, I thought the same thing yesterday oh. when I just saw the quote about Hopkins, you know, and it's just as good of any player. And, and I, I thought the same thing he thought. I'm like, man, you get up there and you hear him praising these guys. and like, wouldn't you like to coach some of them? Like, I mean, what was it like when you had Randy Moss? Wasn't that, wasn't that pretty fun? Like, I, I can't imagine it's not appealing to him on some level. And I well, always thought he's been appealing. I mean, like, he probably thinks, though, that, okay, yeah, we had Randy Moss. And we had to spend a lot of time keeping him in line. Mm. I mean, that's just that that excuse though is that's an excuse. I know, but I'm just saying that. I, I, yeah. That's just. I do think it took a lot of time, and I think it was worth it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it worth you it know, right. for at least a year. Yeah. Um, James Pettigrew, the most interesting Patriots fan in the world, writes in. Whenever I see Marcus Jones make a play on offense or special teams, I can't help thinking. Man, the third and fifth round picks we're going to get for trading him are going to turn into really oh. sucky players down the line. Ouch. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I actually don't think that, to be honest. You think he's going to be here for the long run? I think he'll be here for a little while, yeah. Who? What did I miss? I asked, I asked Bill uh, about him today and uh, you know, just about how do you kind of divvy up his snaps, right, between offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you kind of go about doing that? And uh, he mentioned Troy Brown, Julian Edelman. I think they view Marcus, at least so far, we'll see if it sticks, but at least so far I think they view him in that in that mold of, you know, somebody that can really contribute in all three phases. And, I, and I for would, that reason, he will stay here. Right. And I, he'll I, never have value at one thing. Look at my big brain. Yeah, <laughs> see what I well, do. He'll never necessarily – right, with Fred's point, I, I think his value might never be centralized. And also I think that those are the types of guys that they see value in paying. Because they look at it and say this yeah. guy contributes yeah. in every yeah. possible way. No, Jelani Tavai. Jelani Tavai. Same thing. You're a, you're a sneaky bad guy. <laughs> uh, David, and Be- David and Beth Tua Bantikane. <laughs> Tua Tua Tully. Tua Bantikane. David in Bethlehem. <laughs> Uh, for you stats so guys, biblical. David in Bethlehem. <laughs> for is you stats guys, how much time has Mac actually had? How does that time compare to other teams? How do his pressure stats compare to other teams? Please rate the O line. <laughs> Show your work. No peeking. <laughs> awesome. This That's is going to be great. <laughs> Evan, <laughs> huh? What do you got? What do you got? All right. So pressure stats are well, skewed. I'm going to put the clock on this because one. <laughs> it all depends on how you know. Quarterback can control pressure stats to a degree too, right? Like quick release 
So if you get the ball out, you know, Tom Brady gets the ball out in 2.2 seconds. So his pressure rate is not very good. But then if you look at their offensive line has actually not been very good this year, just on a per play, you know, per player basis. So is that the quarterback is at the offensive line. So I have a tough time with pressure stats, but I think overall, when you look at this offensive line, uh, they have really struggled in particular at the tackle position. Uh, Trent Brown is for whatever reason, not playing the same level that we, I think we all think he's capable of playing. He's a much better player last year even uh, for them than he has been this year. And then obviously right tackle has just been a revolving door of nothing. So that has really been, to me, the biggest yeah. issue. If they could keep you know, Andrews, Strange, and Onwenu on the interior, which has been the majority of their snaps as an offense, has been with those three guys. Right. Not on terrible. The, on the interior, it's not terrible. Problems uh, have been on the edges. The I tackles are, so what have are been the, disasters. Like, where does Mac rank? He's about middle of the pla- pack right now in time to throw, um, which I think is a really important indicator of overall pressure. Um, so his pressure numbers are not terrible, uh, but that's, again, indicative more so, I would say, in the fact that he – does get the ball out quickly and and screen passes quick game like that type of stuff is a part of their offense so some of that is skewed now in terms of like what pff calls pass blocking efficiency which just studies uh sacks and pressures allowed by the offensive line they're they're lower in in that category so they're near the bottom of the league in that category and then the money quote how does mac perform when under pressure terrible so that's that's the telling one that's the biggest thing I think that stands out about this team statistically uh, when I look at their offense. Right now, Mac Jones per PFF is 50th, 50th in passing grade while under pressure. 50 out of 51 quarterbacks. But Evan, there's only 32 teams. (laughs) The only quarterback that has graded out worse under pressure happens to play for the New York Jets. Zach. Zach Wilson. Wilson. He is 45th in passer rating while under pressure and his passer rating is so bad that I love this one. His passer rating is so bad that if he just spiked the ball into the ground, every time he faced pressure, it would it be would higher up. than what it currently 39. is. 39.6, <laughs> right? All incomplete passes, yes. like 39.8, so 39.6, something like that. His completion Ouch. rate while under pressure, 43.8. So this is the type of things that you see with Mac and, uh, when he's kept clean, and the players talk about it all the time, when he's kept clean, yeah. he's a great quarterback. He can so, get us the ball. You know my argument. So, so is there a lot else. of quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, every, everybody uh, else. No. Right. So that's that's been the big statistical thing, and uh, especially when you look at his pressure stats last year to this year, it's quite a, a precipitous drop-off in that respect. All right. Listen to me. Okay. All right. Bridgestone. Yeah is the official tire of the New England Patriots. And Bridgestone tires are now on sale through December 10th. So by my calculation, you've got three more days. And oh, they're, it's Larry Bird's birthday. They're on sale at, and through December 10th at Sullivan yeah. Tire locations. Visit SullivanTire.com for a location near you. you know, All right, some that's, might say Pearl Harbor Day. But. That's going to be it for this edition of Patriots Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. On deck is Catch-22 with Evan and Alex Barth. Where there may or may not be a fight. Yeah. I heard that clip coming back from the break. There might be. There very well could be. All right. uh, So we'll um, give way to them. We'll be back tomorrow at noon where we uh, look really hard at the Cardinals. I mean, we've hardly talked about them. And then, of course, we've got picks. uh, So we'll see you tomorrow. 
Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The World's Original Podcast.